Salutations! Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from Simeon Research Hospital, discussing the 2021 horror film, Malignant. This film was directed by James Wan from a screenplay by Akela Cooper and a story credited to Wan, Cooper, and Ingrid Basu. Inspired by the style of Italian giallo films and the -the off-the-rails B-horror movies of the 1980s, Malignant is equal parts admirably bold and absolutely bonkers. While this film received mixed reviews from critics, it garnered a wide variety of reactions among horror fans. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show, Carissa, Daniel Mahoney, Gory Bits, and Ashley Higetta. We'd like to thank each of you for your continued support of the show, as well as this suggestion. So, Malignant, what were your first impressions on the film? I believe we watched this together for the first time, right? Or you and I, I did. Oh, me and you. But okay. we were all in contact. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. That's, That's what, what it was. was. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember <laughs> being very confused. Uh-huh. And I want to say that I don't think that I liked it. I maybe I but <laughs> my my reasoning was at the time I didn't know it had to do with things that I remember from another movie. Correct. So I was upset about that. Not like really up, you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh that's bullshit. But I did, you know what I mean? I was like, hey, this is kind of similar. Um but the movie is like you said, it's pretty bonkers. Yes. Um I, there is things I do enjoy watching it the second time for the show. I'll say I did like it a little more, um, but not much. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's all, it's pretty wild. It's, 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 uh, it's a movie. It's okay. Yeah. It is indeed. Um, when we put it on the schedule, I was like, this one's going to be wild. Yes. Cause I had only seen it that one time that we watched it. Mm. I remember, and we talked about this on talk mortem. We had just launched our Discord for the Patreon. Yes. And then we had left and we went to uh, Fan Expo in Dallas. So we were on vacation and then it came out and we were so excited <laughs> to come home and watch it. And so we came home, we watched it, and the Discord was popping. Like everybody was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I think collectively we were all, even if we didn't have like, hard set expectations none of us were expecting what we saw no i will say that maybe i do as well like it a little bit better watching it again but i'm kind of in a weird spot right now because i don't know if james wan is like playing with me or not yes (laughs) and i'm like that sounds silly but it's like the first time i watched this as a straight horror film and after a certain point, like I, I'll be honest, watching it as a straight horror film, the first like half, I was like, "Well, this is not very good." <laughs> there are a lot. It's fine. It's possible. It's okay. But it's not. It's not. When I I'm watching James Wan, it it does not reach that level right. for me. So I mean, there's so many dropped plot points. There's so many things that we bring up and then we just immediately abandon. Mm-hmm. Once you hit a certain point. I was like, this is some of the wildest shit that I've ever... And I I will give points for boldness. Yes. Because the, y'all know what scene I'm talking about if you've fucking seen it. I, oh, <laughs> I don't even have the words for it. But watching it again, I'm like, oh, was this like... Like, is he doing this on purpose? Like, 
subverting expectations or like playing around or like was this all a joke that like didn't fully land for me right like there's levels of it that feel like an attempt at camp that's the thing but and i love camp i've gone on record multiple times i love camp right i shouldn't be like was that camp <laughs> like i should know yeah i th- and and we talked about this off mic it's it's kind of the a lot of the subject matter doesn't lend itself so to dark right camp yeah and, and that was my problem with it yeah if you're gonna do that lean into it which is your shit right yeah, yeah. but this doesn't feel like that for me, it felt like you were throwing that in Insidious, and that's not what Insidious is. So which is it going to be? You know what I mean? Am I feeling the warm side of the door? <laughs> or am I scared to open the door? Right. You know what I no, mean? So I need to know mm-hmm. which it is. Yeah, it was. It's I am hoping to unpack a little bit more as we talk, because where I'm sitting right now, I'm a little confused as a whole okay i i did read some interviews that will hopefully shed a little bit of light all right um for me personally the first time i watched it i was kind of set up for failure yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i mean okay all i remember is exactly what you said Uh that discord was popping off (laughs) this movie was an online moment yeah yeah yeah. of course how could it not be yeah Yeah, i remember it exploded yeah and so you hear all these things and then the things that i heard preceding it really intrigued me yeah when i hear and this is what i heard yeah james wan is making a giallo film all right and i'm like i'm sorry and i'm i'm in yeah (laughs) so Red light does not gelato make. That, well, <laughs> <laughs> it depends on which which flavor. Yeah. Flavor, okay. Of gelato. I think rewatching it because in my mind I was like, you know, the the first time I saw it, right? When I think a giallo film, this is not what I think, and so there are a lot of elements that are totally in line with it, right? Detective element, black gloved killer, interesting weapon that has plot centric, you know. Right. There's a lot of things that are, but reading in an interview in Collider, this is a giallo through the lens of James Wan. Oh. Well, I mean, I feel like you could say that for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) this is my version of, you know, gourmet whatever. That's mac and cheese. Right. But it's through my lens. Yeah. Yeah. Deconstructed. (laughs) All right. All right. You just threw ingredients on a plate. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. Through my lens. Oh, okay. I get it. Um, but no, I mean, because there's there's a lot of debate online whether or not this does count as one. Okay. I think, and I've read a lot of think pieces and stuff, it kind of misses the point to have that argument. Right. Because it's not just that as an influence on this. Okay. There is a point in the film where they're just like, yeah, we're not going to do Giallo anymore. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, they just no, stop. Yeah. I feel like that's why I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a definite, <laughs> a definite tonal shift. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, again, a lot of, like, threads that were given that don't lead anywhere. Yeah, no. It, I, it's, <laughs> I, it's wild. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Yeah. He called it in an interview. He said, this is a genre blender. He's not wrong. And he yeah. said that it's not just blending genres. It's literally putting genres into a blender. Yeah, but not all mixed drinks taste good. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, this is a margarita yeah. through my lens. Because yeah. <laughs> he says he goes, it it it's really it's you got seventies giallo. Yeah, you've got eighties bonkers. What the fuck? Yes, you've got 
90s action right yeah and so there's so much going on and <laughs> the one thing that he did say is that he wanted to kind of make the movie that when he would go to the video store in the 90s he would go into the back into the horror section and he would find a cover that was fucking weird and he would pick it up okay he said so- this is the malignant is what i want to be for other people i i get that i feel like Maybe it's just like the packaging of it that's throwing me off because yeah. it doesn't fully lean into that, you know, back of the shelf 80s madness. It it's feels like it takes itself too seriously for that. There's so much modern James Wan in it. Yeah. yeah. And so it kind of throws you for a loop. Mm-hmm. I Let me talk about <laughs> <laughs> the beginnings of the project. It started with a conversation between him and his wife, Ingrid Bisou. Okay. She came up with the story. I can't tell you what she was looking into exactly because we haven't given our spoiler warning yet. Right. Okay. But it was from that idea they had that jumping off point. After they do that, the idea grows. They give basically a treatment to the writer, Akela Cooper, and she fleshes out everything. Okay. Character dynamics, a lot of obviously the dialogue and everything, and then it builds from there. So after that, that's when James Wan puts his creative juices in again and it's kind of taking in a lot of his experiences from the past films that he's made, but creating something that is unlike the past films that he's made. So he's kind of taking you on a journey through his filmmaking career, but not repeating himself. So effectively, this was kind of written by three different people at three different stages. Well, I mean, that's uh, films are that happens. <laughs> so I mean. <laughs> but- I guess I can feel it. I don't know. And he told Akela Cooper, he said, I want you to think of two things. I want you to think of The Dark Half by Stephen King. Mm -hmm. And I want you to think of the film The Eyes of Laura Mars. The Eyes of Laura Mars, I have not personally seen. And I do not know why I haven't seen it. Yeah. Because it's considered not only an American giallo, but it was written by John Carpenter. Really? Yeah. And so I need to watch that. I apologize. A dereliction to duties. (laughs) Yeah. But I I am very, (laughs) very ashamed. But um, I feel like it it goes back to what I said. Sometimes there are too many ingredients. Right. It's trying to be too much. I can get that. But I feel like they left out a movie (laughs) that they. Oh, well, that's also a point. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we lock this film in a mental prison, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's cut out the cancer. So before we begin, I do want to say that I remembered a lot from this film, but one thing I did not remember was the large amount of subject matter dealing with pregnancy and potential complications therein. So if that is something that could be triggering, I just wanted to offer a warning up top because it does come up a lot. But the film begins with the production company Vanity Plates shown through grains and waves of television static. Once again, immersion. Submersion. Submersion. Sorry. I was like, fuck. (laughs) No, I got it wrong. No, you got it right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got it wrong. (laughs) But we then cut to an exterior shot of a hospital in the dead of night. 
Is that House on Haunted Hill, 1999? Yeah, I... <laughs> I was gonna ask. What... <laughs> what the fuck yeah honestly it kind of begins it's a vanica it looks yes. yeah not only does it look but it kind of sets up just like yes but the camera glides over water to meet the gothic architecture of the building before we're taken inside we get on-screen text reading simeon research hospital 1993 and we hear the sound of a tape whirring we then see a recording of dr florence weaver played by jacqueline mckenzie she sits at her desk, her nameplate in full view, and a rather ornate award behind her on her desk as she describes a patient of hers. So seeing that, I already felt a little bit rewarded on the rewatch. Right. Yeah. Because That's fair. That comes yeah. into play yeah, a lot. Yeah. I will say I we did kind of talk a little bit at the top in the intro about um what made it i guess unsuccessful for us right right there's a lot of good here no. there is it at the end of the day it's james wan yeah of course you know i mean you're gonna get some great visuals you're gonna get some genuinely creepy shit mm -hmm. i feel like that's why i'm so confused yes yeah I, i'll and i'll bring it up when it happens but there you're right there is a lot that i did like about the movie yeah so i feel like like you are saying also that does lend to I don't even want to say disappointment. I feel like it's more confusion than it is being disappointed. It's like, where were we going here? Yeah. What, yeah. Was, what was supposed to happen? When when you're told all the elements of it and then you, this is what you get, it's confusing. Yes. yes. And maybe that was, again, I don't know if that was his intention yeah. or not. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but Dr. Weaver says that it's becoming apparent that not only is Gabriel getting stronger, he's becoming more malicious. She says he won't be able to be contained if its strength and ability continue to grow. But she says that she's still determined. But before she can finish her thought, the lights flicker and she's interrupted by a hospital security guard played by Mike Mendez. They storm through the halls together, Weaver asking how long Gabriel was out. The guard tells her that he made it to the records room before they got to him and he found his information. <laughs> Why are you already laughing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just found his information. No. I don't know. Oh, he's like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's hilarious to me. But Weaver says that Gabriel wants to go home. I, right now, just this already small what's going on, I was like, is this an X-Men movie or like Stranger right. Things? Or I was like, what yes. the fuck's going yeah. on? I, and I'll tell you, when, when I was told, again, James Wan Giallo film, this is not how I thought it would start. No. <laughs> and it's very frantic. It's very fast-paced. Yeah. yeah. Action-based. Shit's going down. Yeah. I don't think either of you have played Beyond Two Souls. Oh, I started oh, I, it. Oh, I, <laughs> I think I watched you play that. I think I stopped. <laughs> I think I stopped at that party. That's oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your body. Yeah, your I was body. like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> they told me to play that this? <laughs> <laughs> there were certain parts of beyond two souls that were very much giving this intro okay i'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's another influence who knows <laughs> but the lights flicker again with odd electrical warbling noises as they stumble into dr fields played by christian clemenson Fields tells Weaver that they tried electroshock therapy, and after it had no effect on Gabriel, all the machines went haywire. Fumbling for the words, Fields says that it was like he was drinking the electricity and controlling their machines. 
that's a that's a big deal. <laughs> and it's I will say um it comes up incredibly often in the film and to fairly successful effect for me. Yeah. Visually. Yeah. Yes. Story wise, I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this a thing? X-Men, Stranger <laughs> Things. I, I was still like, what I'm the still fuck's there. up? Yeah. Yes. I totally agree. But before they make it to the room, another doctor is vaulted out of the room, flying and smashing into the wall in the hallway. Weaver checks on her as the security guard readies a large tranquilizer gun. And the camera swoops in as he does this, and it's very it's very playful. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It yeah. really it just adds to the like surrealism, I guess. But was it strange to anybody else that they had a gun? Like it was like for an animal? Well, it, there's a raptor in there. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> We're not watching Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, no. G- Gabriel's a raptor. Dude. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we may need to record another day. Oh, I, yeah, gotta, I gotta watch we this watch that, that, Through a fuck? new lens, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Weaver then tries to head into the room, but is stopped by Nurse Velasquez, played by Patricia Velasquez. Marta from yeah. Arrested Development. I was All right. excited. I was like, I was like, what's she doing here? I was like, once you get away from Job, like, look what you can do with your life because <laughs> the dude is weighing you down. She made a huge mistake. <laughs> she was also in The Curse of La Llorona. All right. Oh, cool. So again, that's one thing that I really appreciate in this film is both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Yeah. James Wan uses so many people. I love that. That he's worked with before. Right. I was surprised to see her have such a small role here. Mm-hmm. I think this is her only it's line. It's a second. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, wow. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But Nurse Velasquez warns Weaver that he will kill her if she goes inside, but she just pushes Nurse Velasquez aside to stare into the window of the door. As she does, someone's head is bashed into it. Weaver immediately turns to the security guard and screams for him to take Gabriel down now. The guard approaches the door, but as soon as he opens it, his arm is grabbed and he's pulled closer. We hear the sound of flesh tearing, and when he pulls it back, his radius juts out of his forearm in a bloody mess. I don't know why he had his arm in there like that, but I will say, (laughs) if you guys like compound fractures, do I got a movie for you? (laughs) That's like, I feel like that's his bread and butter. He loves that shit. He does. I'm sure it takes longer to heal. Maybe that's part of it. I did. Okay. So the security guard gets his arm broken, like we said. Right. But his scream, again, is very B-movie. Yeah. Yeah. It feels playful comical which again is not what i expected no and uh, returning on a rewatch there's all these little seeds that are starting already that are like this feels not now like this feels yeah of the 80s 90s oh yeah campy style yeah yeah i would have loved to have known that the first time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but suddenly all the overhead lights explode in tandem shooting sparks from the ceiling the emergency lights kick on, bathing the hall in red. You know that uh, meme where it's like, is this? <laughs> like, like, I was With like, the butterfly? The, yeah, is this Giallo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to see it. That's all I know. <laughs> but the music goes into a frenzy as Weaver snags the tranquilizer gun, aims it into the hospital room, and fires. Hitting her target, we hear high-pitched screeches followed by a body hitting the floor. 
Weaver, Fields, Velasquez, and the security guard cautiously creep into the room, finding it littered with the murdered bodies of hospital staff. Upon finding the tranquilized patient, Weaver instructs them to strap him into a chair. They snag his unconscious body, and we see his legs dragged away, wearing light blue socks with panda bears on them. So at this point, it's like, it's a fucking kid? Yeah. Yeah. Which is shocking. Yeah. But behind plastic curtains and a window bearing a biohazard symbol, the boy is strapped tightly into a chair. Weaver tells Gabriel that he's been a bad, bad boy. In a quick shot, the camera presses in on something misshapen screeching behind the plastic sheets before settling in on a nearby radio which springs to life. I think it was the alien from Men in Black. I will say, I feel like knowing what we know later, that might have been giving away too much too soon. Yeah. I, I feel like, like that happens a couple times. Yeah. Though, yeah. Where it's like, oh, you maybe should have left that out. Yeah. Or maybe you shouldn't have like focused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he had said um, in an interview, he was talking about the editing process and he was like, that was the difficult part was finding the balance yeah. of what to show and yeah. when. I'm sure. And I was like, well, this might have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But through the radio, we hear the crackling voice of Gabriel saying, I will kill you all. All we hear is Radio Gaga, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) From the mouths of babes, right? (laughs) They say the darndest things. (laughs) But Weaver is startled by this, muttering, Oh my God, he speaks. Fields tacking on. He's broadcasting his <laughs> thoughts. That was too much. Too far. Yeah. <laughs> we know. Yes. Yeah. You could have left it with the first the yeah. first thing. And again, his her line is fine. Yeah. His line is Alara Camp. Yeah. And yeah. I see that now. Yeah. yeah. But as Gabriel writhes and screeches behind the plastic, Weaver says that she thought they could help him, but admits she was wrong. Full on action hero status, she says, It's time to cut out the cancer. No. Damn. Yeah. yeah I, it's a little rough. Yeah. And I will say, if you enjoyed that line. Yeah, no shit. I was going to say, do you ever like remember somebody saying something shitty to you and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking never letting yeah. go. <laughs> I've never been mad like and had like or played out one side of an argument, like preparing yeah. just in case. Oh, it of course. Know. Like you're just sitting there brushing your teeth. You're like, time to, you know, cut yeah, out the yeah. cancer. Huh? Well, this is what I would. Yeah. The jerk store calls. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the music grows heavier with industrial warbling and stabs of guitar as we get the title, Malignant. The opening credits continue through static, medical imaging, drawings, and a time-lapsed growth of cells. Did I mean, this yeah. remind me <laughs> of anything? I think we're all thinking the same thing. <laughs> it's funny how far-reaching Seven yeah. is because this That's is all literally... I think of. Yeah. But we also see medical files in the words, waking dreams, sleepwalking, hallucinations. This is followed by distorted surgical footage of flaps of skin folded and sutured over bones and muscle. In a book, the words manipulate and control electricity are highlighted in yellow, (laughs) (laughs) as well as the words talk through speakers. And we just saw this firsthand. Yeah, we did. He's broadcasting his thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) But through surgical incisions, we see more files, a report of a lateral fracture of someone attacked by Gabriel, as well as another file that says mother left child in our care. 
Through more quick flashes of surgery, viscera, and medical technology, the screen gives way to static. You bring me closer to God. <laughs> I thought yes. I heard that right <laughs> at <Yeah>. the end. <laughs> it's really faint. It was just for people paying attention. I did want to call out the music. All right. Because the music is, of course, done by Joseph Bashara. Of course. And it is like its own character in this film. Right. It accentuates the scene so well. It's more, they talked about this, more of like a soundscape sometimes than just a score. Right. There are scares in the film that, and it's not your typical jump scare moment. Yeah. There are scares in the film that are heightened because of this score. Yeah, yeah. I think Joseph Bashara just kills it every time. Yeah. But after this little tribute to Seven, we then (laughs) (laughs) cut to the outside of a rather beautiful two-story house with on-screen text reading, Present Day. An older model station wagon parks out front and outsteps Madison Mitchell, played by Annabelle Wallace. If you recall, she was Mia in Annabelle. Annabelle, yeah. yeah. Nay's, Nay's favorite. My favorite, yeah. I like her better in Peaky Blinders, but yeah, yeah we can call upon Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but Madison takes labored steps to the front door, holding her back, and we see that she is pregnant. She goes inside and walks upstairs, stopping to take a peek at the nursery. The sunlight shines from the window and splits through the bars of a crib in a very nice and peaceful shot. Madison then walks into her bedroom to find Derek Mitchell, her husband played by Jake Abel, relaxing in bed, watching a boxing match on television. I'm not going to tip our hand too early. Okay. But I do want to make it known that I had a bad feeling about this man the second I saw his shoes up on that bed. Well, that's unacceptable. (laughs) Unacceptable behavior. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like the look of this guy. But Derek says that he thought that Madison was working the late shift, and she tells him that she was, but the baby has been giving her a really hard time, much more agitated than usual. She heads to the bathroom looking for some pain reliever, with Derek telling her that if she has all this pain, maybe she shouldn't be going back to work. So you said that you had a bad feeling already? Yeah. This is when I started to have a bad feeling because he says it somewhat caring, but the way the camera presses in, yeah, it's, the tension. It's yeah. like ominous. Yes. But she tells him that she'll be fine and heads back into the bedroom, shutting off the television. Very annoyed, he tells her that he was watching the TV, but she says that she needs to get some rest. He then tells her what she needs is to stop getting pregnant. So again, things I already said, but things get dark from here. I just want to make a note that Usually you can't just like do that by yourself. Yeah. Oh no. So like there's some accountability to be had. I would know? imagine, yes. He's like, maybe you should say, well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, you participated yeah. in this. Yeah, you were there. Exactly. But Derek tells Madison that the doctor says it could happen again and very cruelly reminds her of her history of lost pregnancies. Derek turns away from her and she tells him that he can't keep doing this. He tightens up, turns around full of fury. He pokes Madison's pregnant stomach, asking if she's saying what's happened has been his fault. When she screams at him not to touch her baby, he grabs her by the forehead and slams her into the wall behind her. The force leaves a dent as she sinks to the floor, and Derek crouches down, suddenly very concerned and apologetic. I guess that I have to credit the film with trying to add nuance in these moments where he's like oh you're home earlier oh let me get some fucking ice after i just bashed your head into a wall or whatever yeah it's very clumsy because like 
I'll say Stephen King has a tendency to write characters sometimes, especially in the older novels that are cartoonishly bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a lot of times it's parents or it's husbands where it's like, you're a like a cartoon villain. Like, like yeah. nobody yeah. is not to say that nobody would do this. Obviously that's not true, but the way that it's portrayed is very like, Oh, come on. Like, come on, man. Like no. that, it's cartoonish. It's, it's so, I guess, I don't want to say like, I mean, when you look at Stephen King's writing, like he'll do like a, almost like a stereotypical horrible father. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A, you know, and that kind of, and there is Stephen King influence on this. He plays this character very like, I don't know. There, there are some moments of some lines that feel like almost like play acting. Yes. I mean, I maybe that's what was throwing me off because it, it's very like these like, abusive relationships in general or toxic relationships there's a nuance to them that i feel like and it's not just this film i feel like it's lost most of the time Mm -hmm. but here it was just i think because we get so little time between like her coming home and like the escalation to this fucking horrible thing that it was just like what it was just it was wild it was a lot yes and and i i will agree with that it was very it was just a lot for no reason. Like mm-hmm. it was like, why? What the fuck? Like plus all the stupid shit he was saying. I was like, dude, are you for real? Yeah, yeah. It really. Was, it, on top of everything else, it was just incredibly frustrating. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah. what the fuck? And I think that's my thing as well because, of course, the um the situation with this relationship and what happens with the wall, yeah, is incredibly important to the plot. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like again, the tone that this film is trying to capture. Stuff like this kind of takes you out of it, yeah. yeah. Because it's so serious. It's too. It's, yes. I don't. It's yes. too much for what this is. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It's so hard to watch, and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to have fun in 20 minutes. Yeah. This yeah. is fucking awful. Yeah. This yeah. is terrible. Yes. But Derek does leave to go get her some ice. But as soon as he does, Madison climbs to her feet, shutting the bedroom door. She puts her back to it, sliding down and leaving a trail of blood from the back of her head. She reaches back to feel her wound, her hand returning red. From the other side of the door, Derek offers what are obviously old and bullshit promises. That he's stopped drinking, that he'll do and be better for her and the baby, blah, 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 go fuck yourself. Literally. A little more volume to his voice, though. He tells her that it was an accident. Madison stifles a sob as she holds her belly. We then cut to an atmospheric shot of the house in the dead of night, surrounded by fog. Yeah, well, my next note was James Wan fog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the camera presses in as the porch light begins to flicker. So yeah, it's a very nice shot. It's James Wan. Of course, it's going to be foggy. Yeah. yeah. The director of photography was Michael Burgess. He did Annabelle Comes Home, The Curse of La Llorona, and The Conjuring 3. I will say three films that I did not enjoy. Yeah. But three films that did look good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is you can't take away. You can't say that they didn't bring it in that aspect. No. And he does great work here. Oh, yeah. I think one of the biggest positives for me is the interesting camera work in this film. Yes. There's a lot. And it really stands out and keeps it interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Madison lies in bed, clearly in the clutch of a nightmare. Downstairs, the camera cranes above the couch to find Derek fast asleep. I was like, his ass better be on the fucking couch. He should be outside in yeah. the fucking yeah in the dirt on I mean, the porch. Dead in the yeah, in not a, even on the porch. In a, in a grave <laughs> <laughs> under, <laughs> under under the, the house. house. <laughs> <laughs> 
but he is stirred awake by nearby noises. Assuming it to be Madison, he sits up and calls out to her, but he gets no answer, and the noises continue. He stares confused into the kitchen, the shot looking a lot like Mac and Charlie across a crowded restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) But suddenly, he hears the mechanical whirring of a blender. He heads into the kitchen to find the blender on the countertop, empty and on, but nobody else in the room. Derek shuts it off, and just as soon as the blades slow to a stop, the door to the refrigerator behind him creaks open. But he's really underreacting to the way that I tell you I would be screaming through the fucking house, turning shit on, turning lights on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, for I how d- I was annoyed. I, obviously, we hate this character be- to begin with. Yeah. But to have him go into the kitchen without turning on the light is fucking bonkers. Who does that? Yeah. Who like, does that? It's got to be past twelve. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and that's, old man hunter yeah. Yeah, that's the witching hour <laughs> it was an ungodly hour I, I don't know why when I seen it I was like oh his hand's going in there right and yes. it, oh, yeah. Yeah. and it, it didn't see and unfortunately yeah. Yeah. that's one of the things I swear there are because these moments feel very James Wan yeah and so to see this it's like oh you're in your wheelhouse but to yeah, see where is, the it goes from here. It's yeah. his vibe for sure. And then it's not his vibe. No, no, no. Because <laughs> there is a good portion of this that I'm like, this is a supernatural horror film. Yeah. Yeah. For quite a long time. Yeah. yeah. Even with the opening, I'm like, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on. Yeah, that yeah. Forever ago. We didn't see behind the curtain. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to the fridge opening, Derek turns around, staring at it, only offering a what? yeah (laughs) unsettled though he closes the door calling out to madison again but is interrupted by loud static and voices coming from the living room he rushes down an adjacent hall into the room to find the television cycling through channels and when he looks over at the couch he sees a long-haired figure sitting where he was just sleeping i loved that yes Mm -hmm. those moments i'm sure i've said it before where it's almost like did I actually see that? Mm-hmm. That I love that. There is one moment later of did I actually see that? That is one of probably, and this is no hyperbole. Right. One of my favorite shots of 2021, I'd say. Hmm. All right. And I, it took me a couple times watching it because we've talked about, for some reason, my TV is fucking dark sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Because we watched, we watched the new Hellraiser and I was like, did you guys see anything from that scene? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. yeah I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I need a new TV. <laughs> How did you watch Sinister, dude? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I seen him eat dinner a few times. Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Apparently, it, it could have. It might have been breakfast. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the television gives way to high pitched static before shutting off completely. Derek flicks on a nearby light switch. Finally. But somehow the figure is already gone. That's scary as fuck. Yeah. yeah. It was like a millisecond. Yeah. yeah. But breathing very heavily, he cautiously steps into the room, watching as the recently depressed sofa returns to its proper shape. So the sofa's fine. I'm not saying it's, de- it's de- but somebody <laughs> sat there. The sofa's going through a rough time right now. <laughs> Aren't we all? So, I mean, <laughs> give the sofa some slack. I don't know about y'all, but I enjoyed that. Yes. Loved I was it. like, okay. Yes. I was like, all right. And th- again, confusing right. or later confusing. absolutely i will say in the moment it sells it very well because it isn't just oh he saw something yeah like no something no, was there yeah we all yeah. saw that yeah. Yeah. yeah 
But Derek walks over to the dining room, peering back into the kitchen to see if that's where the figure went. But somehow, it appears right behind him, emitting a loud electrical screech. The lights flicker behind it, and it slams Derek's head into the wall. He had it coming. <laughs> yeah. We can all agree. Yeah, we yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's crying any, anything. No, no. But Madison awakens in fright, gasping for air. She sits up slowly, but notices a large blood stain on her pillow. She touches the back of her head, her fingers once again tinged with red. I, re- I was like, well, that shouldn't be surprising. She didn't put anything on it. She didn't. Okay, yeah. so that was in this maybe nitpicky. She's in the medical field. Yes. This is not something that comes up again, but we did see her in scrubs. Yes, we did. Yeah, that is a dropped. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. another job that somebody has later where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Nah. Never hear about it again. <laughs> it's like we have lives outside of our yeah. jobs, you know? <laughs> We're not just what we do, Nate. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the message of this film. Yeah, that's the messaging. But it did bother me that she just took her ass to bed. Yeah. yeah. You hit your head so hard it cracked the wall. Yes. You're still bleeding hours later. You are... you have the training i understand that sometimes in these horrible situations people don't feel like they can go get medical care because uh-huh. then questions are asked da, da, da. you you know like you are the medical care yes. yeah and she's just like well good night yeah <laughs> i was like please do something to your head i had thought that she would wrap it or something clean it yeah no at least maybe that. Yeah. At yeah. Least clean it. But there's so many shots of her feeling the back of the he- her head and being surprised that it's bleeding. Yeah. yeah. And then doing nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing about nothing it. About yeah. it. <laughs> Not even wearing a hat. No. Yeah, no. Just, it's just, yeah. it is She's what like, it is, man. She's like, that'll keep the blood in. It's like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing. But when she hears a loud thud, she slowly creeps downstairs. She calls out to Derek in the dark, but stops dead in her tracks when she stumbles upon his prone body on the floor. Her eyes travel up his legs and torso to find his head twisted round and upside down, his neck ragged with broken vertebrae. I will say, other things happen in this feature, Mm -hmm. but so far, this figure is batting a thousand. Rest in piss. I don't... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) Who gives a shit? If this is what he's doing... (laughs) (laughs) All right, go off. Yeah, Continue. You don't seem very evil. No. Yeah, no. This is Dexter Morgan energy. We're just taking the trash out. He's an anti-hero. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Taking the trash (laughs) out. (laughs) But speaking of that figure, its silhouette slowly rises up behind Derek's mangled corpse as the music whines and it crawls like an animal on the prowl towards Madison. I'm only laughing a little bit because I literally wrote the first time I wrote that line, I said it crawls animal style. <laughs> <laughs> like fries? I'm like, there's yes. no dressing or onions on right. it. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> I do want to say before we move too far past it, how great his body looked. Yes. Right. And that looked so creepy in the dark. I, it, I really liked that. It was very creepy to me. There's a lot of makeup effects that are so successful right, right. in this film. And that, the, the bones, the way they jet out. Yes, yeah. his all head. The compound fractures we talk about. I mean, we love a compound <laughs> fracture. I, I wonder if it was just like, hey, look, we got to make them look pretty beat up. Uh, yeah. Fuck me up, fam. Yeah. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Do it. Like, yeah. Because it's a, a lot. Yeah. And we'll get into more, but dude is pretty creative in his forms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Madison immediately runs for the front door. But with incredible speed, the figure slams the door closed before she can get out. Madison screams, and in a sweeping POV shot, the figure chases her up the stairs. 
She runs into the nursery and keeps the door closed against its barrages as best she can until with one forceful burst, the figure knocks the door off the hinges and sends Madison flying into the room, landing on her side with a sickening thud. But we cut to black and then come back on a helicopter hovering overhead. Emergency response vehicles fill the road, their rotating lights piercing the night as a police car pulls forward and parks. Out steps Kakoa Shaw, a detective played by George Young. Now, Shaw. I was going to say, yeah. any relation? <laughs> like, you, look, when you've done certain things, like you can't use that name again. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's related. to Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's promptly joined by Regina Moss, his partner, played by McCole Brianna White, handing her an iced coffee. She accepts it, unlike Detective Somerset's ungrateful <laughs> <Yeah>. ass. <laughs> Fair point. I did want to point out, I've, I just recently rewatched Dead to Me on Netflix. I'm in the middle of my rewatch. She plays Judy's boss on Dead to Me. Oh, shit. And Very I was cool. like, I didn't even notice. She's been in a lot of stuff, though. Yeah. yeah. I think she was in Encino Man, if All I'm right. not mistaken. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. She stayed busy. But Shaw tells her good morning, but with it being 4 a.m., Moss responds that the night's not even over yet. Officer Lee, played by John Lee Brody, greets them and fills them in on the scene. They're calling it a home invasion, but there are no signs of forced entry. As they head inside the house, Lee tells them that Madison was transported to the hospital after they found her unconscious in the nursery. But before they get any further, Moss notices Winnie, a crime scene tech played by Ingrid Basu, referring to her as Miss Lonelyheart. And yes, Ingrid Basu. James Wan's wife. And the story co-creator. Oh, this. nice. Yeah. Zooby, zooby, zoo. No, come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a kiss. This is an, yeah. This is another uh, aspect because what they do with her character in the short times that we. Dude, I am telling her. you right now. Yeah. I, I was very attached to this character. Because I understand how, you know, <laughs> unrequited. You're also, you're also a lonely heart. I'm also Miss, Mr. <laughs> lonely heart. <laughs> but nothing, nothing comes of it. It's never no. flushed out. And it's very annoying to me what they choose to do with Detective Shaw. Yeah. But yes, and we'll get to it. But that is also something that we start and then we just walk away from it. Yeah. Because you <laughs> like, think this is going to be the way that they keep hammering it yes you're like this is gonna have payoff yeah. yes don't call the bank just yet <laughs> no don't all that is established period is that in this universe in this story uh-huh detective shaw can get it <laughs> yeah. that's, all, no, that's yeah. all that i've learned pretty much <laughs> that's <laughs> it but Winnie approaches shaw clearly crushing on him yeah and even calling him by his first name giving the details on the body she says she's never seen anything like it, except maybe in a vehicular accident, but never something like this. She even goes as far to say that it's something special. Shaw enters the living room with Moss, and his only reaction to seeing Derek's body is, holy shit. She does seem a little too excited. I'll say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like, are you working with it? <laughs> like, what, what I, is this? this is an accomplice. <laughs> yeah. Are you Zep? Or whatever the <laughs> what? It was Zep. Okay. <laughs> I do feel like, I mean, they do. It's kind of a stereotypical thing in a lot of crime shows mm -hmm. where you have one member of the team that's like super 
excited about yeah, yeah. It, it's the it's the whole thing where you got a coroner eating a burrito yeah where you're like he is so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even give a fuck yeah <laughs> they just did that in terrifier yeah when we covered it <laughs> but at the hospital after a shot of madison's monitor we see her in bed groggily regaining consciousness so i will say and this is just like a dumb little aside but when I'm talking about random moments of campiness, mm-hmm. possibly not supposed to take the entire film as seriously as I took it. Yeah. Her heart rate is 69. <laughs> and it is 69 the whole time that we're looking at the monitor. Really? And they could have chosen any fucking number. I what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. And I didn't know if that was intentional. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. nice. But right. I was confused. I was like, you you could have done anything. <laughs> yeah. And you make went it with that. <laughs> make it 70. Yeah, make it 70. Just do it. Because then now I'm not thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Madison looks over and sees Sydney Lake, her sister played by Maddie Hassan, asleep at the side of her bed. She whispers Sydney's name, who immediately wakes up and puts a comforting hand on her face. Confused, Madison asks where she is, and even more, asks where Derek is. Sydney asks if she remembers anything about tonight, telling her that somebody broke into their house, Madison was attacked, and Derek was, and this is when Madison remembers, telling her sister through tears that she was so scared, so scared for her baby. She places a hand on her stomach, and upon not finding her there, asks Sydney, where is she? Sydney apologizes, telling Madison that the doctors couldn't save her. Madison screams in agony as Sydney attempts to soothe her. This is heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's like if this was like a play on horror movies or if this was like a subversion. This is too much. Yes. Like, yeah. The the like trauma and the seriousness of it goes too far for it to be what we get later. Yes. Yeah. Like that's why I'm so thrown off because tonally it is all over the place. It, it This is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then if like you were saying, if it is and, and, and maybe that's just what it is. The mixture of trying to put it in it. It just doesn't, this doesn't fit if this is a camp movie. Right. So why would you do that? I think that's where I get confused is because especially whenever you're put in the mindset of this is the new James Wan horror movie. Yeah. You're like, well, sure. Why wouldn't they tackle serious yeah. topics like this? But then. But then. Yeah. Flash forward like 30 minutes from now. Yeah. And you're like, what the, like, what the fuck, fuck is happening? How is this the same movie? I do not like, know. I <laughs> yeah. A button on the remote. And I'm not saying that you can't blend. uh things but of course I, not what i am saying is that it's very hard it's it's i'm getting I'm, i got whiplash right yeah. no yeah you know okay emotional whiplash precisely yeah. yeah but the next morning madison stares absently out of her window from her bed detective shaw walks into the room introducing himself but getting no response suddenly sydney appears walking right past him wearing what appears to be a princess costume shaw is a bit puzzled but makes with the introductions anyway Sydney explains that she plays a princess at Family Planet, an attraction or a restaurant that I've personally never heard of. I've heard of Pizza Planet. I've heard of yeah. that. It, it could also be a celestial body. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of whatever Family Planet is, she's on her lunch break. This is what I was talking about where that is a very interesting job. That's not like, I feel like there's like a, a bag of jobs in every movie where it's like, oh, she's a reporter. Uh-huh. She's a nurse. She like, it's very, you know, 
princess at an at a family theme park is not yeah. something that we really get. Not really. So I was like, oh, that's an interesting little like character quirk. And uh I hope you didn't like it because we never, <laughs> we never hear about it again. I think there's there's two lines later, yeah, that kind of fit in with this, and then like we never see her at work. Or yeah, no, like, no, no. So I don't know. It's just very interesting. Again, it's 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 just quirky. It's just quirky. Yeah, but she tells Shaw that Madison has been like this for a couple of days now. So Shaw says that she could possibly help him instead. He tells her that there were no signs of forced entry at the house and asks if she knows anyone who would want to hurt Madison or Derek. Sydney says that unfortunately she wouldn't know because Derek kept them apart. So maybe don't say everything that you're thinking. Like, I mean, the, the fact that the detective's like, there was no forced entry. Her husband is dead. Uh huh. And she's like, that denotes an abusive relationship. He kept me away from my sister. Huh? So your sister maybe had a reason to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I probably would not say that to this detective. No, no, no. And she's we, just like, oh no, yeah, he was awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, giving all the reasons why she would murder. Yeah, yeah, why my sister? She didn't do it, but like maybe she did it, but she didn't. You know, I was like, oh, don't, don't say that part. Well, talk it over with your sister. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll uh, get legal representation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You lawyer up quick. That's yes. funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't either. Immediately, I was like, oh, no, because the, the spouse is the first suspect. Right. I mean, you could easily throw yourself against a wall or against a floor and be like, oh, I was attacked, too. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah. he shot me in my foot. I'm fine. But like, I got shot, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That happens all the time. So I would not be selling my sister up the river like no, that. No, she just did. Yeah, yeah, she did. She He puts the cuffs on her in the next. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is the end of the movie. That's it. But Shaw shares the tragic news that this isn't Madison's first loss of pregnancy, revealing that she suffered three in the past two years. This is news to Sydney, who is incredibly upset that she didn't know. She strokes Madison's face sympathetically before crawling into bed with her and wrapping her arms around her. Again, nitpicking here. I don't feel like he should have shared that information with her. Like, I don't feel like. No, I. Well, one thing I will say is I did look it up because I was like, how does that not a violation of HIPAA that the doctor would share that? Yeah. Apparently, when it comes to law enforcement, there are certain allowances. Okay. So it is possible that he did give her medical history in some form to Detective Shaw but we did never see him speak to right, right, right. anyone yeah. at the hospital. I just felt like it was weird for him to be like, well, get this to her sister. Yeah. I mean, and a, a news like that is going to obviously affect her emotionally. She just yeah. said that we don't talk yeah. very often. Plus, like, I know that she is not being very talkative right now, but she's sitting right there. That is true. <laughs> she's sitting there awake. That is true. Like, that, that just, I did not like that. She's probably just listening. Yeah. Yeah, just, she's right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, this whole scene, I don't really I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Cut the scene. Yeah, it's not great. But Shaw just gives Sydney his card and tells her to call him if she can think of anything, and he leaves the sisters alone. But at the coroner's office, Moss gives Shaw a little insight on the evidence found on Derek's body. Not only did they find no fingerprints, she says the hand patterns on the corpse are all upside down as if the attacker was hanging from the ceiling, but obviously no footprints were found on the ceiling. So it's a real what the fuck situation here. But <laughs> hold on for a second. Okay. Right. <laughs> so if you lay down on the floor, right, I can go around you uh -huh. and touch you 
I guess, and it looks like I mean, there so is that yeah. That's how the fuck did you get that? I will, weird assumption I will, to make. I will tell you straight up. I have no fucking idea how you can determine. Yeah, I upside down. What if? What if it was a struggle? Yeah, yeah. You're on the floor, and your hands are opposite. It makes well, that's what, no yeah, sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, or literally, you're laying down. Somebody can stand over you in any position. Yeah, yeah. Like what? there's no. You could be returning. You could have been trying to struggle. I don't know. Yeah. But to say, and I've never. I've honestly. Never heard it described as hand patterns yeah. either. <laughs> so that's new. Maybe a CSI or he, a coroner okay, could tell me wrong. On. Even that, if yeah. you're laying and I'm dragging you by your arms, yes. I'm essentially, my hands it's are upside, upside down. down. Yeah. What the fuck are you, what? Were you on the ceiling when you did that? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yeah. no footprints. Yeah. 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 What happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's a goddamn mystery. <laughs> But she says that she also spoke with the neighbors, and quite a few of them revealed that Derek was abusive. Piecing it together, Moss says, no forced entry, an abusive husband, equals motive. See? Shaw stares at her pensively as she pops a sucker into her mouth. Now look, uh, <laughs> I just want to say very quickly, no one's saying detectives can't eat suckers. <laughs> <laughs> not one person We're not is trying to keeping suckers. Yeah, I'm not a dietitian. All I'm saying <laughs> is that there are these little teases where it's like, what is serious? Yeah. Because this scene is punctuated with a detective eating a sucker. Yeah. For me, it is was she, like, what is it? Kojak? Y'all, yeah. <laughs> y'all constantly have to have detectives having these weird little quirks. Like the shaving? Of the shaving and uh, dead silence. Right. I was like, she's going to have a sucker in every scene. She doesn't. No. <laughs> like, this no. is just it's a treat. She just wanted a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it plays into the desensitization thing that I said earlier. They're, yes. They're looking at yeah. a corpse. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I guess that's our snack. I, I don't guess. know. <laughs> and But she's sitting here saying, I get the motive, but she also got shoved into the wall yeah. hard enough to where her head was bleeding. Yes. She doesn't have bandages on her head. Why has nobody checked that? You're in a hospital. Yes. Not yes. only that, Seriously. why are you not bringing that up? If that's motive, okay, then that means something extreme happened before. Mm -hmm. So even if that, even if she did even if kill she him, did. Yeah. Yeah. there was a reason. You can't just be like, oh no, she just fucked him up. No. Dude, she's hurt. Yes. What the fuck? She's like, Found this yeah. is my case solved, sucker. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally found unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's enough. But obviously, with what you're saying, with the wound on the back of her head, self-defense. Yeah. Why, no yeah. yeah, why is nobody talking about that? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But over shots of the beautiful neighborhood, we get text at the bottom of the screen reading two weeks later. Sydney pulls into Madison's driveway, requesting that she stay with her for a little while. She says that she can even blow off some of her auditions, considering that she isn't booking anything at the moment anyway. So there's one. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's not uh, Pizza Planet or whatever. No, but she's yeah. an actress. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she's that a, has nothing to do with her being a princess at Pizza Planet. That's performing. But that's a that's a job. It's like a clock in job. She's yeah. also acting. She's a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> but Madison, however, is understandably still reeling from her recent loss. She stares up at the house, blaming herself for what happened. But Sydney reminds her that she doesn't even have to stay here tonight. But Madison is resolved. She says that this is her home and she's not going to let it be taken away from her, too. She promises her sister that she'll be fine before stepping out of the car and back into her house. 
the thing is, and I, I get the point of what she's saying about not having her house being taken away from her. We're really looking at this through the perspective of the loss that she's just been through. Mm -hmm. We should also be taking into account the fact that somebody came in their home. Yes. For all intents and purposes, murdered her husband and attacked her. Uh, yes. And she's like, yes, I will go back in this big ass creepy house by myself, sister. Yeah. They're not <laughs> like this person is still on the loose. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I feel like I would be a little more insistent. No, you're coming to stay with me. At the very least, I am insisting that I'm staying here because yes. I don't want you here by yourself. Right. The last she's time you were like, here. Yeah, yeah, something bad happened. Yeah. yeah, it's just like no, I get it. I I feel like I would be fucking annoying. He's this like, I'm, is not. I'm, I'm late for family planning. Yeah, yeah I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do the whole makeup. The guy, like, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta catch my spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just, uh, I feel like we're really forgetting that big part of it. That you know, I somebody agree. attacked them. Yes, yes. But soft piano plays and strings rise as Madison stands at the bottom of the stairs. And we transitioned to an exterior shot of the house during the evening. Did anybody else wonder how they afforded this big ass house? I don't know what Derek did. She's in the healthcare field, which can prove to be True. lucrative. Yeah. True. And they, I, this is a nice fucking yeah, house. I was like, yeah, God damn. And they're like young. I was like, fuck. And they're like young. <laughs> I'm <just> jealous. <laughs> well, it's also a movie. And yeah. Yeah. millennials no. aren't fucking buying yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> we chose avocado toast. So we're fucked. What have I done? <laughs> I did want to say it was at this shot of the house that I did kind of laugh a little bit. Yeah. Not only has the fog returned. Yes. But I'm realizing during the day, Madison lives in a neighborhood. At night, <laughs> she lives in the further. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different atmosphere. Not I, the further. I was going to ask, is this a real house? Do we know? It or? is, yes. It is? Yeah, I saw, I looked at some filming locations website, and I think this house has been used for other things too. Okay. I, I The interiors are a set. The exterior is real. All mm -hmm. right, all right. But it, I mean- it's it's just funny to me because when you see them driving on the road, you're like, this neighborhood's really nice. Yeah. yeah. And then there's not a house for miles <laughs> no. at night. <laughs> That's a really good point. But Madison steps out of the shower in her sweet ass bathroom. Yeah. But out of her window, she notices a distant street lamp flickering and buzzing a low hum before going out completely. The music grows spooky as Madison peers at the dark, empty street the camera pressing in on the dead lamp as a silhouetted figure slowly takes a few steps forward. This is what I could barely see on my TV. <laughs> but it, like, the way that the music accentuates each step, mm -hmm. this shot is brilliant. It's fantastic. And it's another one of those moments where it's like, are my eyes playing tricks on me? Like, yeah. am I actually seeing that? And that, that is so scary. That moment from Hereditary. Yeah, don't it? It puts you in the <laughs> mind. Oh no, that's fucking horrifying. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's where, and that's where I enjoy the playing with darkness. Yeah, yeah, because it is barely noticeable. The silhouette, or at least to me, it was. No, <laughs> <laughs> it could have been clear as day for yeah. you guys. That's something too. Is it felt like darkness was a major component to these things happening? Yes, and right. then after a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I did like this too. That's yeah. what again it's fan this is this fantastic. Is, yeah. yes. You get this little scene and it's like, oh shit, okay, okay. Uh -huh. 
But I mean, to me, it meant nothing now. Like later on, in the long I was run? like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the thing is for me is that one thing that I have seen online a lot is a lot of people that really love this movie. Yeah. They say that these scares at the beginning are kind of whatever to them. Mm-hmm. It's later that the film takes off and becomes something that they enjoy. For me, I think it's the exact opposite. Okay. Like these moments really speak to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But then once we start, and we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once we start getting into that, I'm like, I feel like you're you're losing me. Yeah. There is a balance in the middle of the film that I'm like, this is still working. Right, right. But once we get to a certain point. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're bullshitting. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like what are we come doing? On, yeah. James. That's yeah. why I'm saying you're playing with me. Like you're messing with me right now. But Madison jumps back as the lights in her bedroom begin to flicker as well. The street lamp returns to life and Madison closes her drapes forcefully. She rushes downstairs to lock the door, spying through the peephole and seeing nothing out of the ordinary. The music intensifies as she rushes to close all the drapes downstairs, the camera following her in fluid motion. I just want to point out the fact that I was very upset that that door was unlocked to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, Yeah. What? What? I, I do not know. Yeah. And it gets even worse in a second. Yes. Oh, yeah. I did want to say I love the shot because it's it's kind of like a montage, but it's one fluid sweep. Yeah. And it's her running, you know, doing all the stuff. Through the rooms? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I really, really enjoyed this. It's awesome. I was watching and I was like, man, that looks fucking cool. But just as she completes this task, she notices that her back door has creaked wide open, wind rustling the leaves of the trees outside. She rushes to close it and lock it, But as soon as she backs away into the kitchen, noises pervade the area. Random thuds, a dripping faucet, and even worse, a loud bang as the door flies open once again. Mm -mm. In an impressive shot, the camera follows Madison overhead as she runs through the living room, up the stairs, and into the nursery, slamming the door. So... I saw in a behind-the-scenes featurette, this is accomplished uh, with the use of having a very large set for the house. Okay. It's literally a camera above the set. <sighs> very cool. Following her. Very cool. In one take. Yeah, that, like I said, this whole little, that looks so fucking cool. Yes. Yeah. I, there's something about James Wan that he, no matter, you know, you can say, oh, a door opened or whatever. Yeah. He keeps his films vis- visually interesting. Yeah. yeah. And this shit, like, you don't... I haven't seen stuff like this. No, and and I guess for me, the only way I can equate it, and then, but it does work for me, is it's a top scroller. It's a Ex- game. Exactly. And you want to be in that game. This is... She's in that game. You're watching this yeah, shit Yeah, you're right engaged, now. for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I did kind of... Uh, take that to mind as well yeah because i'm like if you want to get metaphorical if it's like a video game she doesn't feel in control right you know oh, yeah. yeah so it's it's very well done yeah. yeah it's stuff like this that i'm like oh you're yeah fucking brilliant yeah. yes but madison breathes heavily telling herself that there's nobody there and it's all in her head but the faucet drips downstairs a clock ticks loudly in the living room and the porch light flickers into the night but we match cut to the bright morning of the following day. Inside, Madison gets to work, adding deadbolts to a few of the doors and boarding up several windows. I just want to call out real quick uh, the junk drawer. Right. Um, everybody's got one. <laughs> Some of us got two. Yes. Uh, Shout out it's to the junk very drawer. needed. Yes. Because we all got shit we don't want to throw away or that we think we're going to need later. Mm-hmm. Little knickknacks or an extra so, screwdriver that the handle's won't. broken. But 
hey, the other side still works. So, right. Yes. Uh, but I thought that was it was very relatable. It is. And yeah. It's, honestly, the realtor, if they show you a house, they're like, this could be. Yeah. yeah like, oh, and right here. Your junk yeah. Look, I could fit a lot of it's half like, broken. Yeah. In there. <laughs> I can really see myself in this. House. <laughs> but in the middle of her home improvement, Sydney arrives and tries to let herself inside with a key, but is unable to get in. Upstairs, Madison stands in front of the wall that Derek slammed her into, observing the large dent and splintered cracks at the site of impact. She's promptly interrupted by Sydney staring at her through the upstairs window. In a bit of irony, Sydney has Billy Loomis her way up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she asks politely if Madison could let her in. She opens the window, pulling Sydney inside. Now, that was a window door. Yes. A tiny one. Yes. Why was that there? What is this house? Yeah, what the Who fuck? designed it? Um, the Winchesters. Nice, it is. But... It's got the drunk drawer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. The Winchesters. So my thing was, she didn't even knock or ring the doorbell. No, she just her tried her key. Her key didn't fit. I feel like I would have tried that first or maybe tried calling her instead of climbing up to a second story window of a room that she may or may not even be That's in. That's true. Like, it's like, please let me inside. Yeah. <laughs> My arms like, are very tired. Well, hold on though, because in the second she does say, I tried, but you didn't answer. But, but she we did. But, but we I didn't did, Yeah, but we didn't see any of no, that. And it happened from one scene to the yes. next, like right away. <laughs> she didn't yeah, try. No, She's you being didn't. fucking yeah. dramatic. Well, you got to make it sound bigger than it was. Yeah. <laughs> been out there for Hours. Yes, get some sympathy. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but Sydney says that when her key wouldn't work, she was worried about Madison. Madison thanks her sister for her concern, pulling leaves out of her hair and explaining that she installed deadbolts to all the doors. Sydney says that their mother also made a casserole, which she obviously couldn't climb with, so it's still outside in the car. But before she continues, she notices that Madison is distracted by something. Looking back at the wall, Madison explains that Derek did that the night that he died. He smashed her head into the wall. Sydney, parsing her words for a moment, says that she's sorry and that nobody deserves to die like that. But fuck him. Literally. Yeah. Once again, rest in peace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she says that her sister deserves so much better. Madison makes her way over to the bed and says that she thought a long time about leaving Derek but by the time she got the courage to do so, she got pregnant. She then admits that she always just wanted to know what it felt like to have a blood connection with someone, a biological connection. Sydney sits next to her confused, and Madison turns to her sister to look her in the eyes. She confesses that their parents took her in when she was eight, and she doesn't remember anything before that. Their mom told her that her biological mother died during childbirth, and as Sydney's eyes widen with tears, Madison tells her that she was adopted. The delivery and the reaction. Uh-huh. She might as well have said, Sydney, I'm an alien. <laughs> it's like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a surprising news. Yeah. It's surprising news. But let's, let okay, we've talked about it, uh, I guess, on Talk Mortem several times. Right. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Blood is overrated. Yes. That's your sister. Yeah. And so the that. fact that she's like, I really would just like blood though. I'd like, I, it's, my fucking feelings I, would be. Yeah. Hurt. And honestly, I climbed the house for you. 
Yeah, no Sweat shit. is thicker yes. than blood, my friend. Yeah. My Trust me, I smell like fucking onions right now. <laughs> but I think, answer me this because I, I <laughs> there's a lot of this movie that's successful for me. Right. But I did kind of watch this for the show, going back, trying to figure out why a lot of parts weren't successful for me. Mm-hmm. This scene to me, is it because we don't know the characters enough? Is it because it's too much too soon? Because this moment feels like it's supposed to hit you like it hits Sydney. Yeah. Right. But it, I don't know them enough. It doesn't. And the fact that we don't even really at this point we haven't gotten to see any closeness between them. Not really. I know that she comforted her and she clearly loves her and cares about her and stuff, but she even stated they've been separated for a long time. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them with their parents. We haven't talked about any memories or like, remember when I was hurting from my boyfriend in high school and you told me, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we don't have any of that. So it's like the I'm adopted thing. I really wanted a blood connection with someone that's supposed to kind of undermine a strong relationship that they have that we've not seen. I think that's the problem. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't I didn't like this. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, the struggle. Yeah. Well, because like you said, that is your sister. Yeah. Yes, that still I would is be your hurt. sister. I'd be mad. And then but at the same time, like you said too, T, we haven't and I think that's what it is. We haven't had any time with them Not we really. haven't had any connection yet and yeah she did comfort her in the hospital but that also something that a friend could have done and easily we would have got the same thing yeah it would have been the same thing mm-hmm. oh this happened to your sister you know in the past oh i didn't know that mm-hmm. you could have told that to a friend a close yeah. friend oh she has no family i'm the only one she has okay well you know here this is why i'm telling you yeah what we don't i don't feel any connection between y'all it just and it kind of i don't know and it that's the other thing is that the emotional weight of it it almost i don't know her saying this again it feels kind of like soap opera y yeah, yeah it does and i don't know it this is and i also in my head i was like is this like a second act reveal in the middle of the first act yeah because it's it doesn't feel earned <laughs> you're right like i don't know but i just wanted to know if i was alone with that no i think it just bothers me because it's very like it's <laughs> mean <laughs> no it is it's like yeah i don't really yeah, know. i wanted a real connection though yeah like, but it's like geez. wow i thought that we did this whole time yeah so, like that's cool you I'll know just eat that casserole sobbing in the yeah, car, in the car. <laughs> Thanks. but a pulsing synth instrumental of where is my mind by pixies begins to play and we get a beautiful sweeping shot of the night lights of the Seattle cityscape because of Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, and I kind of gushed about Fight Club last week, Uh huh. but I love Where's My Mind by the Pixies. Great song. Great song. When I hear it, I think of one movie. Yes. And I will say, considering thinking of that movie it's more appropriate exactly i feel like again we talked about tipping hands and stuff i love how it sounds i love the way that it's used yeah i feel like it a little much it's it's maybe too much if we're trying to be yeah they use it a lot (laughs) i as i was telling your sister earlier i was like that sounds familiar she was like no it is oh yeah i was like all right (laughs) the pixies But we're then taken to a tour of the Seattle Underground. 
The tour guide, played by Jean Louisa Kelly, assures a crowd of people that the Seattle underground has nothing to do with Nirvana or Pearl Jam, but is more of a time capsule to a bygone era. So Jean Louisa Kelly, I think we remember her from yesteryear. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was very happy to see her here. Okay. But um, because like you don't think I was like, oh, shit, you know, and, and I remember enjoying yesterday. I don't know if it's a good show now, but it was, <laughs> I, I was, it was funny at the time. <laughs> but it was good to see her getting a role like this. Yeah. But second of all, the Seattle Underground. Yeah. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, I like history a lot. Yeah. So seeing this and then I was like, is this real? Uh-huh. Uh, and it is. It's like uh, we had talked earlier and you said about the Chicago fires. They always talk about, but we don't hear about this a lot. Not at all. So I did a little digging and I watched the video and kind of on a geographic channel on YouTube. And um, <laughs> the people that came here, they were three guys from Portland and they came and settled with their families. Well, none of them were architects. None of them were engineers. They just kind of came and were like, hey, this is pretty land. Let's settle here. That's bold. Yeah. (laughs) And they did. And a lot of the stuff they used, they were surrounded by forests. You know what I mean? So they're like, okay, let's use the wood. Mm -hmm. So they did. And everything was made of wood. Their fire hydrants, their water lines, their plumbing, everything was wood there. So they had problems with the high tide and low tide. They didn't understand and whatever. So I guess uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, how the fire had started in one place. Mm -hmm. But when it it was so funny because the video said that like the fire marshal was gone. So the only people they had to help fight these fires were volunteer firefighters. And then because everything was made of wood, when the fire destroyed pipelines and hydrants, there was no pressure for them to use the water to put the water out. Oh, my God. Um, so they, they had set a plan to rebuild Seattle. Mm-hmm. So they were going to start, I think they said it was like five inches and then they were grow. They were going to grow up from the shoreline up to 35 feet up. Uh, but this, since it was so long ago, they said the plan was going to take anywhere from seven to 10 years Jesus to Christ. finish. So it was a long process. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I also... It, and it, it was it was really interesting. I just want to call it out real quick because I thought that this was fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lady by the name of Lou Graham. Okay. And she ran a brothel back then. And she was like the wealthiest fucking person there. She was so wealthy, people didn't go to the bank to get loans. They went to her. Oh, Jesus. She rebuilt after when they were rebuilding. Of course, they started using bricks and whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, she had enough money and survived after the fire and all the destruction to build a building that was twice as the size of the one she had before. Jesus. Everyone that worked for her that she put in her employment, she made sure that they spoke multiple languages. Damn. They had to learn how to play an instrument or sing holy shit they were made to read books and if if the ladies didn't know how they were taught wow they no one there was like you couldn't say anything about the establishment she ran because she made sure everything was top shape Uh uh-huh and like this lady was the largest donator to the public school system in Seattle. Get this. Uh, huh. Until Bill Gates. No Holy shit. Yeah. Shit. This lady was a badass. That's I was like, fucking... God damn. Uh, I just thought it was so interesting. It is. How 
How do have we not heard about any of this? I think or at least I haven't. No, I hadn't either. I thought it was really interesting getting into it, and there was more. But I was like, this has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I'm just hey, learning now. We, hey, we love a good history yeah, corner. That absolutely. Is, but it, it did. Uh, that was very interesting, and I would love to be able to go down there Hell, and yeah. see what's going on down there. That's what I had thought was that it's both incredibly interesting and like creepy absolutely i think it would be scary yeah. to be down there i think it's the the fact that we hadn't heard of it i didn't at first i thought it was an invention for the film yeah, yeah. and then knowing now all the history that's behind it yeah it's intriguing and the pictures i did see of the seattle underground they look exactly like this yes i wondered if they filmed there huh that is very i i want a horror movie down here yeah well that's we why got- i'm like this is such a as above, so below. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's such an interesting thing to introduce in this film and like not even really come back to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, briefly, but not for what it is. I do have kind of a theory as to why it was used. Okay. Okay. But I'll touch on it in just a second. But the tour guide explains that these all used to be the city streets where people worked and lived. But after the Great Fire of 1889, they decided to rebuild the new city on top of the old city, like JP said, to stave off the flooding. That's crazy. And I was born in Washington exactly 100 years later. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Are you connected to this in right. some way? Uh, let's keep going. <laughs> keep reading. It's fine. But she turns their attention to the cobblestone streets and passages that seem to go on for miles. Some say, she says, that the ghosts of the past still haunt these tunnels. Almost on cue, the lights begin to flicker around them, and the tour guide jokingly lets out ominous ghostly noises, which draws laughter from the tourists. So, can't go into it at the moment, but ghosts of the past. Mm. That's where I think the connection is. All right, all right. I feel like that may be a little bit... I'm uh, trying. A little yeah. gracious, <laughs> but I'll allow it. Because otherwise Give me it's your just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a James Wan punch card. I guess, I don't know. (laughs) But later, the group exits the tour, tipping the guide on their way out. Now alone in the underground, she shuts off the lights, snagging some cash from the till and grabbing her purse. Now, I will say we learn later that she's an employee and not the owner. So what's all that about? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Good question. But when she unplugs a few of the running lights in the area, she hears clattering noises down a pitch black corridor. She calls out that they're closed and whoever is there can't be down here. I would have scared myself with that whole little thing I was doing yeah. earlier. Oh, so. yeah. It's like, oh, those noises I was hearing. Yeah, yeah I would have scared myself. <laughs> like, as a group, can we just wait till I leave? Yes. It's yeah. like, we can go together. Safety in numbers. Yes. Like, don't leave me down here by my fucking self. How dare they? Yeah. Really? <laughs> you have a good one. <laughs> But she inches her way into the darkness, calling out. But when she gets no response, she turns right around, almost as if she's seen a horror film before. But the noises continue, stopping her in her tracks at every clang and knock until she finally hears a growl followed by heavy footsteps and she takes off running. Instead of getting the fuck out of there, she wrestles with the cords to plug the light back in, the camera acting as the point of view of something gaining on her. But as soon as the lights switch back on, nothing is there at all. I guess the horror movie she watched was Lights Out. Because- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm like, okay, so you don't like light. Uh, yes. Yeah. So dark, darkness and shadows is going to be the thing. Like, that's your limitations, that's right? twice. Right. <laughs> right, <Because> guys? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
I, I am sorry. Because the dude turned on the light. Yeah. And then it was gone. Yeah. yeah. Means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but breathing heavily, she turns back to the corridor. But before she can do anything at all, a strange noise attracts her attention overhead. When she looks up, a dark figure with long hair launches toward her from the ceiling. And we cut to black as she screams. So this was a it was a successfully suspenseful sequence. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah. I will say the falling from the ceiling thing kind of corroborates Moss's theory. Yeah. The, <laughs> I guess you were on the yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I don't know how she yeah. had it. But we'll allow it. But the woman wakes up tied to a beam with tape over her mouth in some sort of dingy, sprawling attic. An industrial fan in the wall cuts through the beam of light as the camera pulls back and she screams through the tape. The long-haired figure wriggles around in the dark, throwing on a black coat and a pair of black gloves. So, giallo. Yeah. A little bit of the influence there. Right. As the figure climbs a hanging chain next to the woman, a nearby radio cracks on and we hear Gabriel's voice coming through. He says, I can't tell you how long I've waited for this but not yet. Holding a phone in his hand, he says, first, Dr. Weaver. The woman's eyes grow wide in fear and recognition. You've been made. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so the fact that that was the moment that she's like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Not the, like, seeing what he looks like, not the voice coming through the radio. Like, do we no. know multiple people who fit those descriptions? <laughs> that could be like, anybody. Oh, Dr. Weaver. <laughs> Fuck, I yeah. knew it was you. It's like, <laughs> that's the tamest thing that he's said or done. I will say there are plenty of moments where people are like trying to, now, can you jog my memory a little bit yeah. more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I would never forget Wait, this. You don't forget this shit. No. I did want to say that the voice of Gabriel mm -hmm. is provided by a voice actor called Ray Chase. Okay. He has done a ton of voice acting, but a couple of things that I wanted to point out because I think that you guys would know it is he played the lead role of Noctis in Final Fantasy <gasps> 15. Oh, nice. I figured you, I didn't play that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, But I knew you guys did. Yeah, fantastic. He also played a person called Mithrax in Destiny 2. Yes. Do you Mithrax know that? Mithrax is... Uh, Am I thinking of the... I, the it, well, because he's part of the Fallen, which again is a whole, whole different... Thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, uh-huh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Right on. Yeah. But he, yes, that is a character that we just got introduced to not too long ago. Okay. I know so little about Destiny that I didn't even know if I should say he plays a person. No. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a well, thing that you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> but he's done tons of other films, video games, anime. Right. Very I think he was cool. on Dragon Ball Super, which oh, is more... Oh, nice. Yeah. Everything... He's wearing, yeah. he's wearing the Dragon Ball Z shirt right well, now. Well, there you go. Well. <laughs> but outside of a very nice house in the light of day, we hear a phone ringing. Through the window, as the camera slowly zooms, we see Dr. Weaver answer it. In a voice surrounded by static, Gabriel asks, Dr. Weaver? Not seeing any of this as strange, Weaver just says... Yes? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Lodi> Dudley. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Gabriel puppets her own decades-old action hero words back to her. It's time to cut out the cancer. His petty ass held on to that. Yeah. Oh, he did. Even worse, though, she doesn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> What How now? Though? I don't know. <laughs> what have you been through in your life? She, <laughs> that yeah, doesn't you don't stand remember out. That? She literally pulls a Seinfeld. She's like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> 
But the line goes dead and she pushes herself back from her desk. We see the trophy that we saw earlier closer now, seeing that it reads excellence in surgery and the trophy itself appears to be an upside down caduceus. Mm -hmm. Weaver immediately heads over to her bookshelf, pulling patient files for someone called May from 1981 to 1993. Opening the file, she finds a photograph and picks it up. But in a very odd cut, there's a very sensual ballad that begins to play, and we cut to Madison's house at night once again, where the music is actually emanating from a radio. I thought Dr. Weaver made it sweet with a patient like 30 years ago, and she's yeah. reminiscing or something, because <laughs> that song was strange. Yeah, it, I was just thrown off of the fact that she had to... Like, were you confirming that that actually happened? Like, I... Why do you need to look? Yeah, that was <laughs> literally for us. She's like, now... That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't place it. Yeah. Let me let me jog the old memory real quick. Yeah. It's just oh. it's un all that stuff I did. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbeweaverable. <laughs> Dr. Weaver. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> but Madison collects laundry around her bedroom until all the lights around her begin to flicker. The radio hisses with static, and it's almost as if Madison can feel it. But once everything goes back to normal, she continues with her chores. She walks through the hall and reaches the staircase, but is startled when a heavy-footed figure rushes by downstairs with a shriek. Braver than me, mm-hmm. she heads into the living room anyway. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, the, I, the clothes are just dirty forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I live upstairs now. <laughs> I do want to say that I laughed because it was it sounded the noise when the figure ran by Uh sounded very similar to when the jackal runs by in 13 (laughs) Ghosts. That's fair. I was like, what the fuck? Looking for a back to fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's his thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We've learned. I I will say that didn't look like what we've seen. Not at all. Okay, so that threw me off too. Uh The fact that that's not what we've seen so far. No. The fact that it was a pretty pretty clear view of it very and the fact that it's light so at this point i'm like what are what are the rules (laughs) what are the rules i I don't think there are any yeah there the static i love as a concept to show that shit's about to go crazy yeah yeah but again why is it happening at all and we don't learn yeah i hate to spoil it for you folks no we don't no, not at all. <laughs> I am. Because I thought, <laughs> We <no."> don't. <laughs> They're just like, it's just a byproduct of yeah. oh, whatever. It just is what it is, okay? Yeah. Don't ask too many questions. Learn to live with it. I do want to correct myself too. Mithrax, it, he is a fallen, <laughs> but he's an elixny. Okay. And he's a cow of the light, which again is more lore for destiny. Right. But there's just so much shit in there. That's very interesting that he- <laughs> this dude? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was thinking about it and I was like, wait, what the fuck? We just met this guy not too long ago. Well, he's having a good yeah, couple so, years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's killing the game. But the lights begin to flicker in the living room as well. And Madison winces as she holds the back of her head, her hand revealing more blood. She snags a towel from the laundry basket and places it on the back of her head. Yes, a dirty rag for my open yep. wound. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I'm a nurse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that should not still be bleeding. No. You need to go somewhere. Yeah. Or when you were literally just in the hospital, they should have looked at that. For yeah. two weeks. Yeah. For so, two weeks. Yeah. And if that were to happen, I'd be like, something 
Something else is going on. Yeah. They're like, her hair is so thick and luscious. We can't even get to the scalp. <laughs> we don't even, we can't do it. But she continues to the laundry room, placing clothes in the washer. But in the window of the washer door, she's frightened by the screaming face of Dr. Weaver. So I this shot, of course, is a little bit of a jump scare. Mm-hmm. They The way that they film this, you kind of only see her face in the window. Right. Yeah. The way that it was filmed is the actress was just there completely. That's cool. Like, it's so, like, you don't think the, the simplest solution is usually the one to choose. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it is very simple, but you can frame it in a way that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Because the way that it looks is as if they, like, in post put her there. Yeah. yeah. No, she was there. That's cool. <laughs> but Weaver shrieks, what are you doing in my house? And as Madison crawls away, she tells her that this is her house. Her ears ringing, Madison asks who she is. But with her hands planted on the floor, Madison realizes she can't move. It is a little hokey. Because she literally says, I can't move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's happening? Yes. It's Rosemary's baby. It's- this is no dream. <laughs> exactly. But still planted in the floor, Madison watches as Gabriel in his long black coat enters the room, dragging Weaver from behind the washer door and slamming her onto the ground in the living room. Madison sits unable to move as the walls melt around her, dissipating into dust and reconfiguring rapidly into Dr. Weaver's home. Again, very neat looking. I love how that looks. And we get to see it a few times. Yeah. Uh-huh. The like melting away of, I think that looks very cool. I'm still very much on board. Yeah. No, yeah. And it's this again is one of those, if you were dropping out, uh-huh. this is going to bring you back. 100%. Yeah. Um, they had shown on a behind the scenes featurette, they kind of had the actor sit there mm-hmm. and they put like a camera on a circular track and she's surrounded by blue screen. Ah, okay. And so it's all digitally yeah. replaced. That's really cool. But it looks great. No, oh, yeah. I think they said they had Industrial Lights and Magic working on it, and we know that they're oh, yeah. huge. Yeah. Because this could have easily looked bad. Oh, yeah. The, with just the wrong CGI or done wrong, uh-huh. it could have just looked like really bad. 100%. Yeah. It looks fluid. Yes. But a television fills with static as Gabriel's voice once again hisses, Time to cut out the cancer. He He hung on to that. Gabriel really said, you never should have called me a fat ass Kelly Price. (laughs) This was his reason to do anything. (laughs) We're we're lucky that he's not doing like an impression of her voice. (laughs) Time to cut out the cancer. This motherfucker is mad. He He held a grudge. But Weaver, on the floor, staring up at Gabriel, refuses to believe what she's seeing, choking out that it's not possible. Gabriel grabs her and, with inhuman strength, thrashes her violently against nearby shelves. This is when he notices her award on the floor and, with his black-gloved hand, picks it up. Weaver staggers to her feet, clumsily making her way into the kitchen. Madison watches in horror as Gabriel catches up with Weaver, lowering her to the ground by her throat. Weaver asks what he wants from her, and he replies, to show you what the cancer has become. (laughs) He's like, I didn't forget. (laughs) Can I call someone a cancer? This is what what happens, man. (laughs) May take take some time, bud. What if she was just saying like your sign? Yeah, and she yeah. wasn't like, like what? when were you born? Yeah, what's like, that? What July. Fuck? You're a cancer. Yeah. Man. You know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> All this like, for nothing. Wow, I was this so wrong. <laughs> just back so out of her house. <laughs> Weaver's just really into astrology, it turns out. <laughs> but he raises the sharp award above his head, bringing it down repeatedly, blood splashing around them. Madison screams, finding herself back in her own home, the sunlight of the morning beaming through the windows. She feels the back of her head once again, more blood coating her fingers. So this was very brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was kind of surprised, but I feel like, I don't know, there is something about it that this entire sequence that really works for me. Yeah. It was kind of funny to me just because of my own expectations, because when you see the award, uh-huh. you know it's going to be used. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's a literal knife in the middle of it. Oh, it and is. I will yeah. say we, we've not seen the last of the award. No. But I was like, I know that that's going to come into play and I know that that's going to be a weapon. So when he bludgeoned her with it, <laughs> that's just not what I was expecting. It's kind of a thing in Giallo films that the weapon is kind of plot centric. Okay. Mm. It does happen from time to time. Stuff just pops up like that. This is where I'm starting to like, I get it. Right, 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 right. right. You know, the black gloved killer, the mystery. It. I'm not saying it's not a giallo. And all, all them right. red lights. <laughs> all those red lights. That's <laughs> all you need, apparently. That's it. That's all. <laughs> but that morning, Moss and Shaw arrive on the scene of Weaver's homicide, Moss filling Shaw in on what transpired and remarking that Weaver fought until the end. She didn't though yeah <laughs> i think moss is really she she makes yeah. a lot of <laughs> winnie collects the base of the trophy telling the detectives that it was the murder weapon but the top half is missing shaw connects the brutality to Derek's murder assuming it's the same perpetrator now in a city as big as seattle it is way too soon to be making this type of connection <laughs> yeah N- these murders have nothing in it's common. not even the same mo like no. it's, not, it's nothing but okay different levels of brutality yeah right different methods of murder they weren't hanging off the ceiling <laughs> i mean <laughs> no same yeah. upside down yeah. finger <laughs> if you could do that then yeah yes. connect that but shaw says that they need to find the missing half and walks away as winnie sighs her reply don't we all moss looks at her like pathetic she she looks disgusted with her i at this moment i i wanted to know where this was going yeah i was like i'm not about to watch this woman have her heart broken later right she's honestly one of the few characters that i relate to fully i would have liked to see more of winnie oh yeah the the tech helping them yeah yeah Yeah. she's barely in this yeah i was gonna say too bad (laughs) (laughs) you don't but in the study shaw finds the photo weaver retrieved from her book It's of a girl in a pink gown with long brown hair, and on the back is written, Patient May, 1992. Moss tells him that Weaver specialized in child reconstructive surgery. I was like, pediatric? Yeah. Yeah. Child? No, child. It's like, uh, (laughs) no, she's one of those baby docs. (laughs) (laughs) But Moss says that she kept extensive files on all her patients and motions over to the bookshelf. Shaw says to bag all the books and to bring them back to the precinct and says that they're going to go through each and every one of them. It, you've, you're already connecting dots here that shouldn't be connected yet. Yeah. No, no, no. But we're going to look at this picture with the same fucking haircut of somebody that, <laughs> yeah. that we just did. Oh, it gets, that gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I was pulling my hair out. <laughs> I was uh, like, you guys are giving us no credit at all. Oh, none. 
I did want to say as well, um, we just covered a film where they find a bunch of books at a crime scene. Yeah. We did. And they uh, they went through them all. We did. <laughs> <laughs> but Moss asks Winnie, who is standing in the room with them for no real reason, if she's found the rest of the murder weapon yet. How would she? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> she literally said it was missing. Yeah. But I've okay. been right here the whole time. <laughs> but cut to a black gloved hand clinching the top of the trophy in its fist. Gabriel hammers away at the trophy, even taking a saw to it as the camera twists around the large, dingy attic. Did anybody else flash on when Homer was making Wonder Bat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they reused animation from that yeah, they did. to make Bart's bed. <laughs> and, they, and they thought we wouldn't notice. I have no life, we sir. <laughs> oh, we notice. But once he begins to hammer away, the tour guide wakes up and attempts to take in her dismal surroundings. She pulls at her restraints, but before she can even gain an ounce of freedom, the sharpened trophy sails through the board that she's laying on, nearly making contact with her face. Gabriel growls, don't even try. Growled like out of his mouth or growled out of the radio? Doesn't matter. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it didn't sound static <laughs> no, at all. No, it didn't. <laughs> it sure didn't. Mm -mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're abandoning that. I, yes. Yeah, fuck that. We don't need it. We don't need it anymore. Uh, I did kind of laugh at the shot where she is waking up, but he's still at the table putting in work because that motherfucker was oh, like, he was. Yeah. he was putting his back in. <laughs> like he really was. Well, he's got a mission. He was, he yeah. was putting in the work. But back at her house, Madison is vomiting in the upstairs bathroom as Sydney sits with her wiping her face with a towel. On the television is a news anchor played by Danielle Nottingham detailing the discovery of Dr. Weaver's body. And Nottingham is a real news anchor. Oh, cool. All right. I thought that was neat. But Sydney asks if Madison knew her, and Madison says that she didn't, but she saw her die. She doesn't know how, but when she was doing her laundry, she saw him killing her. Sydney asks if it's the same man who attacked her, and Madison says that it was. He wasn't there, but she saw him murdering Weaver in her house. It was like she was there and here at the same time. She collapses into sobs, asking Sydney what is happening to her. Sydney cradles her, promising that they'll figure it out. Sydney's like, I don't know, maybe you should find a blood relative to help you out with this. <laughs> I heard that's very important. Yeah, right? I'm Gabriel level <laughs> petty, so I would. She's better than me. She's also better than me because I get that getting so upset that you throw up—that's kind of my whole thing. Yeah. Right on. Um, if I'm gonna be sitting on this floor with you, cleaning your face and consoling you and stuff, could you flush the toilet? Well, that's like yeah. it's just sitting yeah. there, and that was distracting it, it's me. Just it was sitting there. there. Can you get rid of that, please? <laughs> <laughs> or else we're both gonna be taking turns using yeah. the toilet. Have you ever <laughs> talked, tried trying not to get sick? Like, All the like, time. Can you please? <laughs> 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 it's like if I, if if I, I move say my one, mouth too in much. a weird way, it's all. It's done. It's yes. game over. It is game over. But at the precinct, Moss and Shaw flip through graphic surgical photographs, the same ones we saw in the opening credits, until Moss has reached her limit. She throws on her jacket, and Shaw tells her to apologize to her husband for him and offers to make it up to them because I guess this was their date night. Moss says that he better make it up to them because her husband is pissed. We don't meet her husband. No, no, no we get no more on that. No. Um, the police station is so fucking dreary. Yeah. yeah. 
There, I thought like we get a wide shot, right? And it, it's like it looks industrial. Yes, there's. Yeah. It's neat. It's neat. It's weird, but it's neat. It, aesthetically, it's very cool. Yeah, but this is not <laughs> functional. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't even read these reports, man. <laughs> it's dark. Maybe like it was an old bank or something Maybe. before, yes, or library or something. But yeah. it's weird. Yeah. It's the bank from the mask. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps popping up. <laughs> I did want to call out because the production designer was Desma Murphy, and it's another one of James Wan working with all these people again. Okay. She was the art director for Aquaman and Furious 7. All right. I just love when people find people they like working with. Yeah. It, it warms my heart. But still at his desk, Shaw rediscovers the photograph of the girl in the pink gown. He calls out to Bosco, played by Dan Ramos, who reluctantly admits that he's still here. After a bit of flattery, Shaw asks Bosco if he can age up the photograph to make the girl about 30 years older. I got to I got to tell you man, <laughs> when he said can you age this up? I've never been more excited in my life. <laughs> I was like this is going to be Excited? Yeah, right. yeah. No, I was I was like this is going to be fucking hilarious. And it did not uh, disappoint. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> because it was fucking hilarious. I don't know if hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> I I think that this I was like this is either this is either a door or a wall for me. Yeah, <laughs> and it all dependent on what you do. All I'll say with this photo, and we will get there when we see the aged up thing. I had to pause because I could not stop laughing. <laughs> JP is not. I laughed, but it, I think it was a little more of a. I knew what was gonna. Happen. Of course, of course. <laughs> We'll get to it. Yes. But elsewhere, under heavy rain, the bright neon sign for the Silver Cup Apartments burns brightly through a window. The camera oscillates to find Dr. Fields on the phone with a man named John and entering a large bedroom. If you remember, Dr. Fields was his thoughts. Yeah. Are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's broadcasting his thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Fields asks the person on the other end who would kill her, let alone mutilate her like that. He admits that he hasn't spoken to Weaver in years, but the person he knew only tried to help people. As the person on the other end offers a rebuttal, Fields tells them not to bring up Simeon and says that that was a different time. I laughed because I'm like, what did they say on the other end? What well, about that shit? Yeah. <laughs> Simeon. He's like, no, 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 no. We're Don't, yeah, we're not talking about that. <laughs> Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> but just then, the electricity begins to flicker all around him and he loses the connection to his friend on the phone. He turns to find one of his windows open, the curtains catching the outside breeze. He goes to close it, but steps in a puddle of rain, and his eyes follow a trail of it leading into his closet, the light of which goes out before he can see if anyone or anything is in there. Full of tension, he cautiously steps into the darkness, and when he turns on the light, there's nothing out of the ordinary, so he snags a towel and begins to wipe up the water. But how did that water get there? That's, yes. He's like, not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's your room. None of my business. He didn't give a fuck. No. Like, he didn't care at He's all. He's like, well, someone's got to clean this up. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand the cleaning, but come on, dude. Yeah. That, that's. No investigation. Yeah. No, just, yeah. Oh, I, I must have done this. It's like, <laughs> all right. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. You haven't been to the closet. Yeah. <laughs> when were your feet wet? what the fuck now like, yeah and you haven't done no. it it's it's just bad but the door slowly creaks shut on its own but he stops it before it does continuing with the cleaning the neon sign casting red hues throughout his bedroom 
he shuts off the closet light but doesn't close the door for some reason i'm like i don't care what else is yeah. going on nope. yeah the boogeyman also exists that's mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need any of that yeah you gotta worry about him first like, yeah that's your first priority yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boogeyman wet floor <laughs> But he stops to look out the window as the rain falls outside, and as the curtain catches the breeze once again, it flows away just enough to reveal Gabriel's silhouette standing behind him. There's a dramatic music cue as well. I loved every moment of it. Mm -hmm. Fields closes and locks the window, and when he turns around, he's alone in his room. He sits on his bed to take off his watch, and the camera presses in on his vulnerable ankles underneath the bed. But before he can get pet cemeteried, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. He shuts off his lamp and climbs into bed completely. I don't understand how he's trying to go to bed right now with the shades open on Kenny Rogers Chicken. <laughs> that light, I understand again yes. stylistically and aesthetically how it it adds to the scene for sure. You could not. How can you sleep with that? I don't know. And he's got Mr. Marbles running around. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. You got me fucked up. (laughs) But at Madison's house, she lies in bed as well. Thunder crackling and lightning flashing outside. She turns over and suddenly the low hum of a neon sign is heard as the red light of the Silver Cup Apartments covers her face. She opens her eyes to find Fields lying in bed next to her. She screams loudly as Fields lies there fast asleep. The shot tilted 90 degrees. Her room dissolves around her once again, transforming to that of Fields' bedroom as Gabriel rises up behind her and crawls over her motionless body, watched by her fearful eye. Brandishing the sharp winged weapon of Weaver's trophy, Gabriel crouches over Fields in an oddly contorted posture. Fields wakes up screaming, but his screams are quickly silenced by Gabriel's sadistic slashings. Madison peers up at him, and through his long, drenched hair, she can barely make out one of his beady eyes nestled in a twisted mess of flesh. Naturally, she wakes up screaming. All of this looked very, very cool. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. The only thing I will say, and we talked about giving things away too early, we see way too much of Gabriel during this. I should not have seen that posture. Yeah. Literally. Because seeing that, I was like, something's up. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, it's... It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's it's a bit much. Yeah. It, it looks, and it's creepy. Right. Yes. It looks interesting, but again, I, I agree. Yeah. I did want to say along with you, because I did enjoy the sequence a lot, mm-hmm. there was a bit of it, because it does feel like we're kind of traveling through like James Wan's greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. Because this reminded me a lot of Dead Silence. Yeah. The way that the sign was. Right. And I feel like it's very interesting that he's doing that. It's really cool playing with the darkness and the colorful lighting, Mm -hmm. again, with the Giallo influences. But I did want to call out Gabriel's physical performers. Yes. Um, They are two people that play him at different points. Mm -hmm. One is Marina Mazepa. She's a dancer and contortionist. Okay. We'll get into more details. You gotta be, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll figure out why. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more later on that she did that is so like impressive, but we'll get to that in a bit. All right. But also, he is sometimes played by Troy James, who is also a contortionist, and he's been in a lot of horror films recently. Okay. Like He's kind of killing it with these types of characters cool. that allow him to show off his skills. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was very interesting because you kind of have to dig to find that Troy James also played him on IMDb, 
but on a featurette, they showed both of them like working together. Okay. It's fucking brilliant. Oh, nice. Yeah, that. That is so impressive. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. The stuff we see. Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the camera swirls around Madison as the morning light beams in through the windows. Sydney rushes to her sister's bed, checking on her as Madison tells her that he's here. Sydney tells her that he isn't and notices that Madison's head is bleeding again. Madison insists that the killer was here, and even more, she saw his face. Later at the police station, Madison tries to explain to the detectives that she's seeing his murders, almost like he's showing them to her. I don't know that I would ever tell the police this. No. Again, you're really... (laughs) You're setting yourself up. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, so you're doing this. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But Moss, not in for any of the supernatural shit, asks, what do you mean? He's sending you videos? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he put them on YouTube. That's yeah, not no how she shit. said it at all. <laughs> not, not at all. But Madison is like, no, she sees them as they're happening, like she's having visions. The detectives are quite skeptical, but Sydney posits that maybe when the killer attacked her, they formed some kind of psychic bond. She tries to extend a bit of an olive branch, suggesting that they probably consult with psychics for missing person cases and whatnot, so they understand. Moss assures her that they do not. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney calls bullshit, saying that she played a psychic on an episode of a cop show once, and they told her that it's a real thing. That made me laugh, because she was like, clearly I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But Moss can't believe that they're having this conversation at all. Shaw takes over, asking Madison exactly what she saw. Madison says that the killer struck again, this time across from the Silver Cup apartments. Moss gives attitude, saying Wikipedia Brown just solved the case. I mean, Wikipedia Brown. That's pretty bad. good. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. But I'm it, not mad at that. Yeah, but she didn't, she's not solving any. She's just no. telling you that she's seen something happen. Somebody else is dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Let's investigate it, maybe. Yeah. I, don't... <laughs> I do. I appreciate, because... She's adding a lot of levity, Moss. Right. And it's kind of helping me point more towards that campiness. But again, we've been through some shit already. Right. We've been through too much. Yeah, it's kind of difficult. I get it. But for me, I'm not... I'm just not enjoying the detectives. (laughs) 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 It's a... I think it's just... It just adds more to the confusion. Fair. That's fair. Because I get what you're trying to do. But is that what's going on in this movie? They're, like, are you, are you on the right set? Because yeah. like, <laughs> they're tropey. Yeah, they yeah. are. And you know, honestly, maybe I do take that back because this levity would be needed if the tone was meant to be serious. Yeah. But if the tone isn't, but yeah, that's yes. That's exactly. a good. That's a good point. Actually. Yeah. So uh, fuck everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> scratch that. Yeah, scratch it completely. But Sydney defensively says that Madison saw Weaver die as it happened, and now she's seen this murder. She tells them that if she's wrong, then they can have Madison committed, and Sydney herself is willing to have the cuff slapped on her. Shaw looks away awkwardly because I guess this is supposed to be some kind of like sexual thing. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Which she, I did not even take it that way until he made like a face. Yeah, and yeah she, she does too. Yeah, and also. <laughs> If I'm Madison, I'm like, I, well, hold on. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't agree with this. <laughs> I appreciate your faith in me. But, uh, <laughs> We're putting a lot of eggs into this silver cup. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel bad because Winnie's like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Peering over from her desk. It's like. Yeah, that's sad. And uh, by the way, I say that she's not even in this no, scene. No, she's not no. there. 
which I think would have helped with whatever they're doing with I doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're just telling us that the detective <laughs> He's like Dracula. He gets yeah, it in. That's what yeah, he's, oh, he bu- he's Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Shaw played by Tom <laughs> But they arrive at the apartment complex at the building across from the Silver Cup Apartments. Moss asks nearby officers to keep an eye on the sisters, and Shaw, for some reason, shares a little moment with Sydney before being called to work by Moss. They're in love now, right? Yeah. I mean, after that one, maybe two meetings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's what we're supposed to. <laughs> that's what we're supposed to be. I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they canvass the top floor, but seem to be coming up empty. On their way to another door, Moss gives Shaw a hard time about the looks he was throwing Sydney earlier. Unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> but they knock on the door and find that it's already open. They draw their guns, calling out to the possible tenant. Moss reaches the bedroom and with a startled look on her face, calls Shaw over. The camera glides over Fields' murdered body, blood-stained blankets, and his battered, featureless face to the window where the silver cup sign hangs overhead. The face is overkill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's brutal. God damn. I honestly, I got to be honest, I didn't think they were going to find a body here. Really? Yeah. Well, the way that it's set up, it's like, no, believe her, believe her. I feel like in... Okay, most okay, horror okay. movies you, you wouldn't know. so i was a little subverted yeah um but at this point if you're a detective and you're operating through just logic alone yeah madison's doing this absolutely yes that's why you don't go to the <laughs> when you're already a suspect in another murder uh-huh. to be like listen by the way yeah. <laughs> i know I got, about another murder y'all got, don't even know about it yet. <laughs> i got ties too yes. <laughs> and i'm seeing it it's like i'm there almost but i'm not were you there? Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you have the right to remain silent. That's what you have. But we immediately cut to a police sketch of what Madison saw. A disfigured face with misshapen eyes and jagged teeth, all framed by long, dark hair. The first time I saw the police sketch, I kind of scoffed because I was thinking of the artist. Yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that his nose... Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Look something like uh, something like yeah. this. She's like, that's it? Yeah. Moss cracks wise that she's putting out a bolo on Sloth from the Goonies. Y'all need to leave Sloth yeah. out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Madison excuses herself to the restroom as Shaw scolds Moss for her remark. Moss then walks away and Shaw fumbles his words, asking Sydney if she wants to take a seat with him while she waits on Madison. In the bathroom, however, all the lights begin to flicker until they go out. Madison turns away from the sink. Very interestingly, we see the back of her head in the mirror. The, f- the framing is great. Yeah. The framing's yeah. really good. My thing is that too much is happening with electricity so far for this to not be tied to something. Agreed. I would be running the fuck out of there. Uh-huh. If y'all don't believe me that I'm actually seeing this shit, something's about to happen right, right now. now. Yeah. So I'm going to be in front of you when it happens. Instead... I'll just stick around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Very good. But just then, her phone begins to ring. I know when that hotline... (laughs) Only mean one thing? It can only mean one thing. (laughs) Through the static on the... Fuck Drake, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) For real, though. (laughs) Through the static on the screen, we see it's an unknown caller. Madison picks up, and we hear Gabriel hiss, Hello, Emily. The music pulses dramatically as Madison looks around the bathroom, telling the voice that her name is Madison. 
Gabriel responds that her fake mother gave her the name Madison and her shitty marriage gave her the name Mitchell, but she'll always be Emily to him. Like, man, he is petty. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. You didn't need all that. her for what? For what? Like, I picked up for you, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> I could have let it ring. <laughs> but she asks who he is, and he says that she knows who he is, even if they say he's only in her head. He says that she let them tell her he wasn't real, and she believed them. Now, he's going to make them pay for what they did, one by one. Madison screams... Gabriel, no! <gasps> I, 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 I said what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could not have been more shocked at that. Yeah. Uh, but Gabriel just laughs and says that deep down she's always known. She asks him to stop, but he says that they're just getting started and hangs up. He's having the time of his life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so does he have a cell phone? That is a great question. Well, no. Well, the thing here's the thing. You can use <laughs> electronics to communicate. Right. I'll allow that. Right, right. You're not going to pop up as an unknown caller. Yeah. So, I'm not going to allow that. I was going to say, it's the fact <laughs> that the phone rang. Yes. Yeah. That's a call. And you, come on, you blocked your number for real. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> like, I don't know your number to begin with. <laughs> yeah, It's I not can't. saved. <laughs> Who the fuck? I can't get back <laughs> to you. I, yeah. Yeah. I, the funny thing is I didn't even think about the phone calls. Yeah. yeah. The phone, if you hear through the phone fine yeah, yeah but it's the we've fact seen that, that it's right the fact of it being a of it ring, yeah it's a, her having to accept the call yeah <laughs> so if you just let it keep ringing I then what? He, he's, he's like god yeah damn it. I, I understand you can't come to the phone yeah. right now but. <laughs> but madison returns to shaw's desk rushing sydney out but not before sydney can tell shaw that she'll see him around the way that they were sitting there it's like they're just on a date now yeah, yeah. i don't like it like, no. <laughs> Bosco returns from his lunch break, though, and Shaw asks if he's finished what he asked of him. Bosco says that he left it on his desk, but somehow Shaw hasn't seen it yet. Bosco assumes that he must have seen it already and asks if that's why he brought her in. The girl in the picture. Flipping through papers on his desk, Shaw finds it. The completed age progression looks exactly like Madison. Shaw says that she was the doctor's patient. <gasps> wow. And now, I, had, I, had, <laughs> I had to pause because I could not fucking stop laughing. This is, it's just her. Yes. Yeah. It's like a headshot of Annabelle Wallace. Like, yeah, it's, not, no, yeah. it's not even like, and I have seen plenty of age progression. They did some hilarious age progression on Nathan for you. That was terrible. <laughs> but real in real life, they... It's not a, a science like it's that. Not yeah. It's not the it's exact not the person. person. The same haircut. <laughs> right, right, I, right. I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> because when he gave him that assignment, I knew that this is exactly what I was going to get. And it did not disappoint. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I think this for me was literally telling me what kind of movie we were going for. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's what she turned in to get the part. I guess like, yes. I can do it. Yeah. I can Look, it I'm yeah. yes, it's me. <laughs> but uh, they they did that. Yeah, they did that. Hilarious. It, I get how that's funny. Uh huh. But it's also like really that's not <laughs> what was happening earlier. It's what insulting. the fuck? Yeah. What? I put my hand over my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I, you know, sure. 
But Madison speeds down the street, an incredulous Sydney asking why they can't just turn around and tell Kakoa. He could trace the call. I was like, oh, we're on first name basis now? Yeah. He's not Detective Shaw anymore? Yeah. No, we're we're dating. Oh. We're fully, like, we're yeah. in this. This is, like in <laughs> <laughs> this is in-game. This is in-game. Madison says that the cops think she did it, so they can't. She says that his name is Gabriel. She doesn't know how she knew, but talking to him, she just did. He's someone from her past, from before she could remember. So she was adopted at eight. Yes. I feel like if this is somebody from her past, that really narrows down the list of suspects. Yeah, I would say so. So you were with your family, presumably, Mm -hmm. and then you were in this facility. Right. It's a pretty short list. One would think. And look, I think we're in deep enough to where we've told the cops that we're seeing visions. Yeah. Why not tell them about Gabriel, dude? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) shit. What's the difference? It's already... But Sydney just asks where they're going, and Madison just keeps driving. But they finally arrive at an old farmhouse, greeted by Jean, their mother, played by Susanna Thompson. Madison hugs her, and before Jean gets into small talk, Madison cuts to the chase. She asks if during the adoption, they said whether or not Madison had a brother. Jean says that they didn't, and all they said is that if there were siblings, they tried to place them in the same family. Madison asks, then who the hell is Gabriel? And we see the name hit Jean quite hard. With the, she, no, no poker face. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Not at all. It's like uh, when we talked about on the Walking Dead game, when he's like, <gasps> what's wrong? Are you okay? <laughs> but inside the house, Jean pops in a videotape of Madison's ninth birthday. We get shots of the actual tape itself being fed into the VCR. Yeah. It's not necessary. But it's welcome. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's neat. But Jean says that Madison nagged her for a birthday party, and they even invited her whole class. And this is when Madison cuts in and says that they thought she was a freak. She said she had no friends at all. On the tape, we see young Madison, played by McKenna Grace, seated at a table as Frank, her father, played by Andy Bean, and Jean sing happy birthday. So McKenna Grace. Yes, she's young Theo. Yes. Um, And uh, Judy Warren. Yeah, yeah, and she's one of the actresses. Yeah, yeah. um, same exact haircut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's how he did the work so easily. <laughs> so this is actually one of the easiest <laughs> age progressions I ever did. Uh, Andy Bean as well. He was Stan Uris in It Chapter Two. Oh, hell oh, yeah! Nice. But they place a cake in front of Madison, and she blows out the candles. Young Madison turns her head, telling someone that we can't see to stop saying that, and then she says. They are. Her parents ask her who she's talking to, but she just says that it's no one. They politely tell her not to lie, and she admits that she was talking to Gabriel. Can we, like, not do this on the birthday video? Uh, (laughs) She's like, cut, Maybe turn it off and then be like, what do we tell you about lying? (laughs) Well, they say it very nicely. They do, but still, this is not in the memories. Remember that time you lied to us on your birthday? (laughs) That's nuts. And you're nine. I mean, yeah, don't I feel like if this is this is something that's happening, I get they did ask her nicely, but don't say don't lie to us. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, you know, something's wrong or you're figuring it out. You can talk to us. Yeah. Don't make me feel like I'm crazy. Yes. That's another thing that bothers me moving forward with her as a child. Yeah. But we'll 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 get there. Okay. I did laugh because after 
Madison on the tape says that it's Gabriel. Sydney in modern day looks around like it's the same man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching this for a reason. Yes, precisely. But Gene asks on the tape if Gabriel is imaginary and Madison says that he isn't made up, but he says that they are. They're not her real family. Gene looks directly into the camera like it's the office. <laughs> yeah. It's like you believe this shit. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, working here at Warnham Hog, it's a <laughs> <laughs> But just as Frank asks her if this is the nightmare that she Gene fast forwards the tape to Christmas nineteen ninety four and we see that she's pregnant with Sydney. Frank takes the camera into the living room to find Madison talking on a toy phone, telling someone on the other end that Mommy said she'd still love her when the baby comes, and Mommy said that nothing would change. Rather than intervene, Frank just zooms in like, what the fuck? Yeah, it looks like he hides a little bit around yes, the corner. He's like, and you he's see like, the bushes or whatever? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. At the very least, she needs some help. Your yes. daughter needs some yes. kind of intervention Absolutely. Here. <laughs> he's like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? But young Madison says, I won't. You can't make me. Followed by, please don't hurt the baby. Finally. Come on. Frank asks her what's going on, but she just hangs up the phone and says that it's nothing. In present day, Jean admits that some of her conversations with Gabriel scared the hell out of them. And Madison asks if she made up Gabriel, But Jean just says that whatever she went through with her previous family hurt her in some ways that she can't even imagine. She figured Madison created Gabriel to survive it and that if they gave her enough love, she wouldn't need him anymore. And she hopes that she wasn't wrong. Do you think that now's the time for a guilt trip? Because that felt very much like a guilt trip. Was I wrong? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we thought we could have loved you healthy. I guess uh, we didn't do enough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. This mom, this is, is not, not about you. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I remember when you called me a liar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where it all started. <laughs> but back at the police station, blue and red lights flash outside through a window as Shaw returns to his desk. In the back of Weaver's books, he finds a stash of jump drives. He pops one into his computer and opens a folder marked Simeon and a file marked E May. On it is a video diary from Dr. Weaver on July 23rd, 1992. Weaver sits at her desk and says that it marks the seventh year since Emily May was entrusted into their care. She says Emily has been unlike any patient they've ever had and says in recent months she's exhibited signs of mental psychosis. She's seeing visions and hearing thoughts from the devil. She says she's contacted Dr. John Gregory and Dr. Fields to help figure out a course of action. So you hear the name John, you're like, oh, that's who Fields was talking to on the phone. So it's like, all right, we're planting seeds. Yeah. (laughs) Shaw finds a photo of the doctors together, Weaver, Fields, and Dr. Gregory, played by Amir Abulela. He searches a police database to find Gregory's address. I was like, quick thinking, good job. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, some good fucking police work. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. But in a wide shot, Madison brushes her teeth in her bathroom She dips below the mirror for a moment to rinse her mouth, and when she returns, her reflection is that of Dr. John Gregory in his own bathroom mirror. Her bathroom disintegrates into his, and we find him calmly resting in his bathtub reading a book. 
this was cool as shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked really cool. I Every one of these transitions is great. Yeah. yeah. I love it. But unfortunately, Gabriel steps out from behind Madison, his trophy blade shimmering in the light. Shaw arrives on the scene in his cruiser, rushing into the apartment building and right into Gregory's loft. He calls out to him, but gets no response, and he finally makes his way to the bathroom. As soon as he opens the door, the camera presses in on the bathtub, now obscured by a clear, blood-soaked curtain, and we see Gregory's lifeless body thinly veiled behind it. Too late. Yeah. And I I thought this was very interesting because I would have expected that we would have seen this murder. Yeah. yeah. We don't. That's uh, Maybe that's why this one felt a little tacked on to me. Uh, really? Just to get Shaw on the scene. Uh-huh. I don't know. I felt like the other ones... Gabriel was more upset. <laughs> he had more to say. I feel like this is just on the list. He's, he's like, like and, right. and you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, were, you, you, you visited me you twice, were I think. It's <laughs> like, okay. But Shaw proceeds into the room. Madison's standing right in front of him, but he can't see her. She tries to warn him. Detective, he's still here. In the mirror, we see Gabriel's blade reflected in the corner of the room. And before Shaw realizes it, Gabriel drops down on top of him from the ceiling. Shaw lets out a shot, shattering the mirror, but Gabriel is still on top of him. Shaw stares up in horror at Gabriel's disfigured face as he tries to stab him, but misses. He's like, it is sloth. Yes. Yeah. See, and this is where I'm talking about as far as like proof is concerned. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that come up later that really kind of discount Shaw's experience. What just yeah. happened? Tonight. Yeah, you're totally right. I don't understand it, but... Gabriel then makes a hasty retreat, Shaw missing yet another shot. In an awkwardly disjointed run, Gabriel runs down the hall with Shaw in pursuit, crashing through a window and leaping like a gymnast down levels of the fire escape outside. He wanted it more. Yeah. <laughs> this but is my, where you let him, you shake your fist yeah. Yeah. and let him go. You earned it, dude. Oh, I'm yeah. not even, but my next note is, bit like seven, isn't it? <laughs> right? Absolutely. A yes. lot so big, much big seven vibes yes and honestly i feel like this is one of my favorite parts of the film too <laughs> yeah just like it's in just seven. calling you back to there yeah but shaw watches in disbelief running down the steps like an actual human being <laughs> do you remember on super bad when he's like this is the fastest kid alive <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but gabriel obviously makes it down first and Shaw jumps down as well, but rather than landing gracefully, he crashes into the lid of a dumpster, bouncing off and onto the concrete. Well, he he had a choice to make. He, he did. did. <laughs> and he was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, he had to get down. He <laughs> did, but it's very funny to me that he's like, all right. Like, he's psyching himself <laughs> up, and he still lands like oh, this. I, <laughs> I bet that's going to hurt. It's like, oh, fuck. God, yeah. And more power to him, because he gets up and keeps <laughs> yeah. running. He does. I would be like calling for backup or something. That is, I, I have that in my notes in a minute. Does backup is backup not a thing here? That's a great point. Because literally, you walked into a crime scene and the assailant was still there yeah. and attacked you. Very true. And we're just gonna run after him and not ask for for help. I mean, <laughs> or for yeah. people to. I mean, it's just okay. He follows Gabriel into a smoky alley, but Gabriel breaks into a building and slides right inside. Shaw continues his frantic pursuit, bathed in red lights, blue lights, and then in total darkness as Gabriel takes him through the Seattle underground. Flashlight in hand, Shaw follows him down through a hole in a brick wall and into the tattered cobweb debris of what used to be Seattle. 
So I will say this is very smart to bring this chase here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at this point in the movie, I forgot about the tour guide. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And I'm like, that's right. You're reminding yeah. me. That's true. But Shaw finally makes it to a fog-filled room of dilapidated carriages, slowly attempting to locate Gabriel without leaving himself open to an attack. Suddenly, a carriage rushes toward him, but he dives out of the way. He opens the carriage and finds it empty as if Gabriel would be sitting there driving. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know why he did that. It's like, damn it. (laughs) But out of nowhere, Gabriel pounces and a struggle ensues. When things get a little too spicy for the pepper, though, Gabriel rips himself up the walls and exits out of a hole in the ceiling. (laughs) I... uh I know the whole climbing on the wall thing or whatever, but it looks funny, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and if you were there. Yeah. He's like, too fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did attack from on top of the vehicle that the detective was on the side of, though, which also. also yeah. Yes. Yeah. If we're kind of. <laughs> but who's counting? Whoever's keeping track at home. <laughs> <laughs> but after his exit, Shaw can only offer fuck me. I laugh because I was like, when he's like, mm, that can be arranged. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sydney. And Sydney, apparently. Because yeah. this dude apparently is. Uh, he you gets know, it. I yeah. mean, yeah, we, we've, we've established. established. Yeah. yeah. But seeing this scene, there's literally no explaining what just happened. So it really annoys me later on. All right. Yeah. With Shaw. Yeah. I will say, like you said, he can corroborate the drawing that Madison, which only lends credence to but, what she's experiencing. Yeah. But nobody wants to talk about nope. that. The next morning, though, at Madison's house, the detectives sit with Madison and Sydney. Shaw explains what he found in Weaver's files. All three murdered doctors were involved in a case study called Patient May, and Madison was the case study. I was going to say, it's named after me? Yeah. Fuck. Well, but in, interestingly, she doesn't know that that's who, that's True. her name. Right. All she knows is Gabriel called her Emily once. Yeah. She's like, who the f- you have the yeah. wrong number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he says that these were her doctors. Madison doesn't remember anything, but Shaw hands her the picture of herself as a child and says that he thinks that she was born Emily May. Madison shares that that's what Gabriel called her on the phone, and Shaw says that the department works with a psychotherapist who helps people unlock repressed memories and trauma and asks if she'd be open to seeing them. Sydney's like, I knew it. But Moss cuts that down. <laughs> She's like, that is not a goddamn psychic. <laughs> <laughs> but we immediately cut to later that day where Beverly, the psychotherapist played by Paula Marshall, begins her work with Madison. Of course. Nip tuck. Yes. Yeah. I was, my next note was, y'all remember when she pooped in the hot tub on Nip Tuck? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course we do. <laughs> That's when I think I knew Nip Tuck was falling off the rails when they were stealing viral video clips. That's Nip Tuck, really. And turning it into, and that was the hearts and scalpels <laughs> yeah. season. They lost me. <laughs> yeah, we had hearts and scalpels. We had plastic fantastic. That was great. It that was all, great. it was... <laughs> It was a bit much. Yes. It's like, it is this going to be a like Christian's dream somehow later on? He's going to wake up and still in Miami? Please don't be in Miami. We're getting a little too niche. I'll get back to, <laughs> to malignant. But in her mind, Madison sees herself in a hospital, but she doesn't remember why. It suddenly begins to rain outside, and Madison says that she doesn't know why she's there, but she's better now, and that's why her new parents are here for her. She says they've come to take her to their new home. We get a flash of that home, and Madison says that he's here too. We see young Madison sitting at a dining room table as the light flickers around her, 
as in present day, Madison whispers, Gabriel. Just as she does, lightning flashes and thunder crackles. We love a well-placed yeah. lightning yeah. and thunder moment. But it's that's like a universal horror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. But he says that she followed her home from the hospital. Beverly asks if he's a friend, but Madison says that he claims to be, but she's the only one who can see him. This reminded me of that conversation in Insidious mm-hmm. where they were asking if the demon was a friend or a... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're really going yeah. through his yeah. greatest yeah. hits. But we flash back to a pink cake that says, welcome baby girl on it. But it looks like something was dragged through the frosting. Frank tells young Madison that she ruined her mother's cake. But Madison insists that it was Gabriel. She's like, it's not McGaggy's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and the cake, the cake, you're being dramatic. <laughs> you ruined the cake. <laughs> it wasn't in the trash. It wasn't on the floor. Calm down. <laughs> But they just tell her that there is no Gabriel and tell her to go to her room. Young Madison cries in her room as Madison explains whenever Gabriel does something bad, she's the one who gets in trouble. Her toy phone lights up and rings and young Madison picks it up, telling Gabriel to go away. But then she starts to listen. I was like, did he call her to gloat? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I did fuck up that cake. (laughs) But she then says, but she's sleeping. Followed by... I guess, followed by, really? Like a good surprise? Young Madison takes a knife from the block in the kitchen and heads over to the cake. She holds the knife over it as Gabriel whispers, a slice of cake for mom. Whispers from where? Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we'll find out, but right now it makes no sense. Exactly. In a wide shot, the kitchen and dining room crumble away around young Madison until we see that she's actually standing next to her parents' bed, the knife in her hand over Jean's pregnant belly. I was like, God damn, Gabriel. And again, another amazing transition. Yeah, but even for you, this is too much. Yeah, this is low. Jean wakes up, screaming to Madison just as Gabriel's voice says, cut her. Young Madison finally shakes out of it, drops the knife, and collapses into screams. In present day, Madison screams, but her young self's voice comes out of her, begging for her parents to believe her that it was Gabriel. Sydney launches up as Madison continues to wail, begging Beverly to get her out of the trance. Beverly stands up and says that when she taps Madison's forehead, she'll be back with them. She then presses her forehead like a power button, and Madison regains composure. Well, she does after, like being like what the fuck is no. she's like don't dream about me no more that, <laughs> just like staring at her that lady before she woke her up she was like low-key enjoying that she it was, was watching her for a second she was like i just step out yeah. of her she's like that's why i got out of bed this yeah, morning. That- <laughs> but in all honesty i don't know i i know that there are certain ways to knock people out of hypnosis or whatever right. but the tap on the forehead was really funny to me yeah i don't she's know like, why Boop. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Madison catches her breath, saying that she remembers it all now. It's all happened before. Waking up in strange places, seeing things. She says she doesn't know how, but Gabriel wanted to hurt the baby. She says he knew that with Sydney here, she wouldn't need him anymore. He was a lost memory, buried deep in the back of her head until now. Because, yes, the phrase has always been the back of your head. (laughs) When she said that, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Like, come on, man. She's talking about playing your hand too early. Yeah. But she says that the killer said that he was Gabriel. 
her Gabriel. Moss, still not about it, asks if she's saying that the killer is her imaginary friend. What? If I'm Shaw, what? I'd be like, oh, no, I fought him. Yeah. yeah. We ran through Old Town or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. And I thought that we had already established that Gabriel because it's like this is this big like revelatory moment. Uh-huh. But it's like, yeah, we yeah, we knew you, that. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah uh, you know. <laughs> and Shaw's just like, yeah, you're a imaginary friend. <laughs> He's trying to stay on her good side. <laughs> <laughs> But after rainy overhead shots of a suburban neighborhood and the city skyline, we return to the tour guide who is finally able to saw through her restraints. After breaking free, she tumbles to the floor and looks around. I was a little thrown that it had taken her this long because it really seems like Gabriel leaves you alone for hours at a time. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He was, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> he, was do, he was doing in uh, Dr. Gregory all night. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, but yeah, okay. I know we all have do things at our own time, but yeah, and honestly, I mean, there's a lot of trepidation because you're like, if I get caught halfway through this, I'm fucked. Yeah, fu- yeah, that's it. <laughs> but after taking a few steps, she crashes through the floor, falling several feet through a coffee table in Madison's living room. Madison, this is not a good look. No. <laughs> like this is not a good look for you. Moss and Shaw, who are just about to leave, are there to witness it all. And the camera presses in on Madison as that awesome version of Where Is My Mind continues to play. Yeah. And she screams wildly. Now, the scream was not necessary. I <laughs> <No>. will admit. <laughs> and it did make me laugh out loud. I yeah. will admit. <laughs> but her having been in the house the whole time. Yeah. That's surprising. No, that was a pretty good twist. Yeah. And I never would have guessed it. But I'm like, damn, Madison, like your attic is rough, dude. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> wait, so you, that's <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, you don't go up there and clean or yeah, nothing? That's not an evil lair? That's just no. your yeah. attic? God damn. Giant industrial fan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cobwebs? That's just part of it? Okay. But sirens wail outside as the tour guide is loaded onto an ambulance and everything moves in slow motion. Madison's house is deemed a crime scene and she's loaded into the back of a police car. Sydney proclaims Madison's innocence to Moss, but Moss tells her to back off or she's going to charge her with being an accomplice. I'm sorry. That's a stretch. On what grounds? Yeah, because you're annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like that. But Sydney tries to appeal to Shaw, who was sweet on her earlier, but it doesn't work. Winnie calls the detectives inside. It's like, you should have stuck your tongue out to Sydney. (laughs) 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 But she tells them that they need to see something. Up in the attic, she shows them the missing part of the trophy that's been fashioned into a murder weapon. Moss gives Shaw the I told you so treatment. I don't think he's going to get a date with the sister anymore. I think that's... <laughs> I think you're blowing your chance, yeah. best sailed. <laughs> but again, it's like, Madison, this does not... No. This does not look good. It's literally... It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. But in an interrogation room, Moss tosses the trophy in an evidence bag onto a table in front of Madison. She tells her they have the murder weapon, the gloves, the coat, and what she refers to as Jeffrey Dahmer's workshop in her attic. I mean... Not really. Though. I don't. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. don't. That wasn't a great comparison, no. Moss, but okay. There are other people you could have chosen. Yeah. But Madison, much like when she was a child, tries to tell them that it was Gabriel, but Moss isn't buying it. Madison also tries to appeal to Shaw, but he just asks her who that woman in the attic is. I love, once again, 
that never happened to him. He he has compartmentalized <laughs> yeah. that. That's yes. gone. Yeah. It's like if you if you're really going to buy into what Shaw is saying, you watched Madison parkour all over the city. Yeah. Fucking fought her in the ruins of old Seattle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, and live to tell the tale <laughs> that's what you're saying happened I, yeah. I just love that they keep appealing to him and he's just he's like, I don't uh, giving, uh, giving <laughs> to anyone I, I get that it doesn't look good for Madison no not at all but like you said you you experienced that dude <laughs> Well, you're no. not gonna say nothing and apparently he's like that was a nightmare I he's think. like the woman in the attic <laughs> <laughs> first and last name that was yeah. a nightmare i think that, i don't think that i happened. don't remember that at all but Frankly. you have you're still hurt <laughs> Guess what the fuck? you are is he's busted oh yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't get it I, I don't get it at all but madison says that she doesn't know who that woman is and that gabriel must have snuck her into her house moss has another theory Madison was mentally ill when she was a child. The doctors helped her and it worked for a while, but now her sickness is back and she blames them for fucking her up. You're being rude. Oh, yeah. Like, like that? Come really on. Really rude. Yeah. It's like we were kind of cordial <laughs> yeah, well, earlier. Well, One woman falls through the ceiling and now you're fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're not friends anymore? Jesus. Okay. Fairweather friends, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but the lights begin to flicker around them and Madison screams that she's telling them the fucking truth. As she does, all the lights in the room explode, raining sparks down, and not getting the reaction that is really deserved. Yeah. Not at all. She's like, oh, all right, Carrie White. Somebody get yeah. into the cell. <laughs> like, nobody gets uh, We've shit. seen this before. <laughs> Turns on another lamp. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, uh, we have more. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> this happens sometimes. So. <laughs> but Shaw's phone begins to ring, and Madison says that Gabriel wants to talk to him. He answers it, putting it on speaker. I know when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Can only mean one thing. It's his ringtone. Yeah. I, it's just a ringing phone, I it think. Is. It's it's too much. It is kind of hilarious. Yeah. It is. It's too, yeah. It implies <laughs> dialing a number. Yeah. yeah. Or at the very Someone's worst, pressing there a and, contact. Yeah. I don't know. It's too, it's too much. Yeah. Then fuck Drake again. <laughs> <laughs> Double down. But through crackling noises and feedback... Gabriel says that they know who he is and they found him. Moss begins to record a voice memo on her phone as Shaw admits that he didn't find him soon enough. Gabriel's like, and I seem to remember breaking your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, a <fucking> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a fucking t-shirt. You're a of a week. Of a week. Of a week. <laughs> Pick a week. Anyway. Some week. <laughs> Gabriel says that they did find his things, though, and he wants them back. Shaw asks why his things were in Madison's attic, and Gabriel says, his words, Gabriel says, dumb bitch didn't even know I was nesting in her home. I was like, let's keep it funny. Oh, yeah. Why, oh, Jesus why, Christ. Why I gotta be a bitch, though? And yeah. why are you talking like that? That's, yeah, yeah, what the You've fuck? never, yeah, nope. never spoken like this before. You got your time yeah. to cut out the cancer. And now yeah. you're fucking calling people names. I yeah. feel like you've got a lot of nerve too. Oh yeah. You're like, and give me my shit. <laughs> yeah. <now." laughs> it's like you, you may have found me, but uh I'm gonna need that back. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and I, I will say, okay, we eventually understand everything. Yeah. Why is Gabriel forwarding 
our understanding of the film at the moment. Yeah. It makes it. Do, it I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Because why? Why is he keeping secrets? What does he give a fuck? I. He wouldn't. Yeah. I. It was. Uh, I. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Shaw asks if this is personal, and Gabriel retorts, "If my blade had punched a hole in your face last night, would that have been personal?" Yeah. 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 A little. It's my face. Right. <laughs> I took that personally. Uh, yeah. No shit. <laughs> but Shaw asks who he is, and Gabriel facetiously says that he's a figment of Madison's imagination. He tells Shaw to ask Madison what she used to call him, and Madison freely shares the devil, and the line disconnects. I mean, <laughs> I love that he wanted to go out on a high <laughs> like, You're fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him, bitch. Yeah. The devil. Mm, goddamn right. <laughs> he just struts just... away from the phone. <laughs> this is this is beyond. It is. But at this point, then you've just talked to someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether yeah. it was a weird phone call or whatever, that's not Madison. You're you looking just at talked her. to. She's yes. right there. So no matter how much you don't like this lady, you just talk to a different person who admitted to setting her up and doing this. And those are my things. Yeah. <laughs> you went through all <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're exactly right because what we see happening next. Yeah. It's almost as if that phone call never happened. It nope. is. I think that that is, is what throws me off so much about this movie because things happen and progress. And then the next scene, it's like, never it's mind. like it's gaslighting me. It's like, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Yeah. that never Seriously. happened. That phone call never happened. The fight in, in the old city never yeah. happened. What the fuck? <laughs> but at her mother's house, Sydney and Jean search through old documents, finding old adoption records. Now on the road, Sydney calls the agency, who says that Emily May was remanded to their care by the Simeon Research Hospital, which has been shuttered since the 90s. Sydney continues down the road, eventually arriving at the massive and deserted Simeon Research Hospital that we saw at the beginning of the film. She's like, is that house on Haunted Hill, 1999? <laughs> you gotta be specific. <laughs> The camera sweeps past her car over a body of water to center on the hospital in the bright light of day. But when Sydney arrives at the hospital, the moon hangs high in the sky. Thank you. And Sydney parks incredibly precariously on a hill. Yeah. Why did it take you until the dead of night to, to drive up that hill? Well, have you ever seen like Apple Maps sometimes? It, it looks like it's a straight line, but it's like, oh, 12 hours, you said. <laughs> Got it. Very good. And yes, why are you parked on the edge like that? My anxiety was on fucking yeah. 10. Oh, yeah. There is no, no, no way. But she makes her way past debris outside, very easily breaking into the hospital. Her flashlight beams through dark, decrepit halls, illuminating graffiti that reads, Welcome to hell, spray painted on the walls. Come on. Well, I mean, <laughs> Come a little on. on the nose. Yeah. He said he was the devil. Yeah. Right. <laughs> With the help of a plaque on the wall, she's able to determine that the records are, of course, down in the basement. Of course. Mm -hmm. But in a massive holding cell, Madison clings to the bars, desperately trying to tell the officers that she's innocent. She eventually gives up and surveys the other women in the cell with her. They all stare at her 
seemingly all from different eras of fashion. Yeah. All wearing costumes. And maybe they raided some costume shop. Yes. uh, Maybe they robbed a costume shop and that's why they're here. And that's why they're here. That makes sense. That makes sense. But one woman sits on a toilet in the corner, just pissing the night away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Will she drink some whiskey drink? Drinks mugger drink. Yeah. I, I don't really know the song, I realize. <laughs> I just know that they sing the songs that remind them of yeah. the best times. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are really singing Chumbawamba. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, well, we, we are. also did on The Wicker Man. Yes, oh, we did. God, that's right. <laughs> he was trying to sleep and they were tearing it up. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but Scorpion, another woman in the cell, played by Zoe Bell. Love Zoe Bell. Love Zoe Bell. Scorpion, huh? That's her name. <laughs> That's her fucking name, I guess. I did she have a scorpion tattoo? Or? Uh, no. I, I couldn't tell you. All right, because uh, according to the subtitles, her name is Woman One. But <laughs> according to the credits, <laughs> yeah. her name is Scorpion. All right. Very good. I love Zoe Bell. Yes. I don't know what the fuck any of this is. I I don't either. I merely allow it because it's Zoe Bell. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I think if this was anybody else, I'd be like, okay, this is. Yeah, I. But I'm allowing it. A little further. <laughs> <laughs> it's a death proof reference. Very good. Very yeah. good. But Scorpion mockingly calls Madison princess as she walks by her and sits down. Well, I mean, we should not be being mean to anybody in the holding cell, but I do feel like the way that she entered was not no, it wasn't, <laughs> yeah. wasn't the best impression. Well, she was dramatic at the bars, I too. I don't yeah. belong here. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh, hey, everyone. <laughs> but after barely any time searching through files, Sydney finds the file for Emily May. She reads a passage. The result of an absorption in utero growing in sync with patient, but is interrupted by a clattering noise behind her. It's very funny because... Oh my God, (laughs) dude, I laughed. This is played, of course, for a moment of suspense. Yeah. And it's like, what's going to happen next? And after she goes through a box finding a stash of videotapes, we immediately cut back to her at her mother's house. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, and I do want to call out this has to count as a research scene. Yes. I was going to (laughs) ask. This counts, right? Absolutely. Now, that counts... And the next maybe 10 minutes. Literally. Oh, yeah. I was laughing at how fast she found it. Yes. How fast she found the information that she immediately needed. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And then the, oh, my God. I was like, oh, fuck. Because we're in the basement of this fucking scary. And it's time. Absolutely. This building was scary. Now it's horrifying. Oh, yeah. You're bracing (laughs) yourself. And then she's just home. I I got home safe. (laughs) (laughs) Breathing comfortably. That was fucking. I I did expect something to yes. happen and nothing did. And I was like, oh, all I right. I guess that's just. Yeah, that's, that's it. And what's funny to me is that learning what we're about to learn, that was just a rat or something. Yeah. Like that was the- it. yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but at her mother's house, she's watching one of the tapes with Jean. On the tape, which is dated July 23rd, 1985, Weaver says that she'll be speaking with Emily's mother, Serena May. Serena was assaulted and carried her pregnancy to term and has entrusted her children to the care of the Simeon Institute. Thought it was the Simeon Research Hospital. Yeah. It was. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were the hell <laughs> I don't think that I fucked up. It's, I think whatever, was, yeah. it's whatever it needs to be. Okay. Uh, that one might be on me. <laughs> 
But the tape then cuts to an interview with young Serena, played by Madison Wolf, and you might remember her because she was Janet in The Conjuring 2. Oh, very cool. Uh, all right. Also, we've got the same haircut. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it runs in the family. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it just grows like that. Yeah, we yeah that's the it. women in this family find a style we like, uh-huh. and we stick to it for generations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Serena says that her mother won't help her and called her pregnancy a transgression against God. She says that she doesn't know how to look after her children on her own, and after taking a moment, says that he's an abomination. But she asks Weaver to look after Emily. Incensed, Jean says that she was told Madison's mother died while giving birth. And in an odd bit of levity, she calls all the doctors lying cock knockers. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did she just watch Dan Silent Bob strike back? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. I was like, where did that come yeah. from? That's not even been her character so far. No. Nope. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. There's a lot of sure with this movie. Keep That's moving. fine. Yeah. <laughs> but on the tape, Weaver says that Serena and her mother will just have to sign some paperwork. The camera presses in on Serena's tightly closed eyes, and we transition to the closed eyes of the tour guide from Seattle Underground. She's Serena, Madison's biological mother. That's a twist I didn't see coming. Yeah. That's fair. I think everything they've done with her has been great. Although we should have known because she has the exact same hair. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't know how important that was. No. (laughs) But Shaw enters the hospital room and asks Nurse Annie, played by Natalia Safran, if she'll wake up anytime soon. Annie says that she's in a coma and that it's in God's hands. So... Natalia Safran, mm-hmm. she played the bride character in Annabelle Comes Home. Okay. Which I know we'll get to soon. Yeah. yeah. But her husband is Peter Safran, who has produced the Conjuring franchise and was recently named with James Gunn, co-chair of DC Studios. Holy oh, shit. Oh, shit. So pretty fucking cool. That yeah. is cool. All right. But Moss rushes in with some news. She says that who they once referred to as Jane Doe was a tour guide of the Seattle Underground. <laughs> what? Oh <my> yeah. <laughs> hold, hold on. <laughs> because there's more space dust on you. <laughs> she hands the employee records over to Shaw, who after reading the paperwork, realizes that she is Serena May, Madison's biological mother. We've been through this. Yeah. I feel... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that moment was cool enough on its own with the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't need. It's Maybe. like, yeah. no, we know. We know. We do yeah. know. We know. And Moss also said that she was employee of the month, which. Thanks. Well, with whatever yeah. she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't see. She's a hard worker. What? Like She's a, great at her job. She'd be yeah. stealing a little bit. I was going to say she did. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. I don't think her boss knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> but at Jean's house, Sydney pops another tape into the VCR. It's an interview with young Madison from November of 1992. We hear Weaver's voice asking her if she's scared, and she says that she is. Weaver says that she shouldn't be scared and promises that he won't wake up as she's given him a heavy sedative. She says that she wanted a private moment with Madison without Gabriel listening in. She asks why Madison has become more aggressive recently, and she tells Weaver that Gabriel has been telling her to do things, to hurt people. Weaver then asks... If that's why she attacked Bobby Faye, 
Now, <laughs> I, I swear to God, I thought she said Bobby Flay. And I was like, well, that's not Gabriel related. That's just. Yeah, I was going to say, we've no, all wanted to. <laughs> I think every one of us at the table. One time. Has wanted to attack. One time or another. <laughs> at we've one all, point. Yes. <laughs> we've all had a thought, you know. But so are the people that are coming here, they all have two names? Are they all. Are oh, like that just the the last name em, or Emily May Bobby, Bobby Faye. Faye. <laughs> Yeah, I don't well, I don't quite know. What what's happening? They're all know. nursery rhyme kids. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Tippy Canoe and Tyler too or whatever. <laughs> you nailed I, it. I think I just don't understand exactly what's going on at the Simeon Research Hospital. Right. Me neither. Because I don't know if this is um because they said Project May. Right. Yeah. So she's their focus. Yeah. But what about the other? It was all. It was there was another project, Project Faye. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't see those files. Yeah, that's where Beat Bobby Flay was. Is that right? <laughs> At the Simeon, whatever it's the, called, Institute the, Research. The working title was Project <laughs> Faye. <laughs> but didn't they say earlier that they helped kids too? They they claimed to. Yeah, they did. Well, but well, then Doctor Gregory was like, "No, no, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that is not at all." <laughs> right this is an evil institute yes like, that's oh, what i don't get because <laughs> it's know. like she would know she only helped people we wait. don't talk about yeah. it's like wait, what? what were y'all doing there that's a great question and i feel like if there is a sequel it's probably something that will be explored <laughs> yeah <laughs> but madison nods and she says that bobby is twice her size well he's a grown man yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well he's an iron chef i believe <laughs> Got that knife with them all he the time. Does. She had to come prepared. Keep that thing on him. I would not fuck with him. But Madison says that Gabriel makes her strong, and he told her to kill Bobby. <laughs> she says sometimes he speaks words, and other times they're in her head. And then at that point, they really aren't just words anymore. I liked that line a lot. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty fucking scary. It is, but I don't know. It feels like it's like. Like an all-encompassing, like, if something doesn't make sense, she said that sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, they, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, they do a lot of things to simply just explain other things yes, away. Yeah. Yes, and exactly. it happens so often. It's not the best way to go about it. It's one of those things that I'm like, I'd love to critique this, but what the fuck would I do? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. guess. I can't think enough. of a solution. Yeah. But she says that they're just feelings at that point. But she knew what he wanted. She says Gabriel pretends to be nice, but he's the devil. We keep coming back to this term. Yeah. yeah. And, and by keep, I mean twice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, well, he's like <laughs> on the phone. He's like, hey, uh, why don't you tell him what my nickname was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> I feel like you gave yourself that nickname. Honestly. Yeah. And then when she went back to the hospital, it said, welcome to hell. It did. Yeah. So I was like, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, we, <laughs> so honestly, up to this point, I would still be pretty chill if it was a supernatural situation yeah. yeah i'm fine with that but they went another way with let's it. keep going all right the camera zooms out and weaver says that she wants to wake gabriel up and have the camera come around after she's injected him the camera comes off the tripod and follows weaver around behind madison as she injects something behind her the camera comes around and gabriel is revealed to be conjoined at the back of madison's skull his small arms reach out of her back from her rib cage and his face snarls at the camera. 
Sydney and Gene have an it's behind (laughs) (laughs) reaction (laughs) to what they've just seen on tape. What in the Belial fucking up a hotel room (laughs) is going on? What is going on? I, I could not have been more even though we saw this at the beginning of the film. Yeah. No, yeah. Surprised. We did see it at the beginning of the film. It's funny because when we were watching it, John Paul was like, this is this is basket case. They did this already. They did this already. I had never seen it. So yeah. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then when I watched it for us to cover it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, um, I know I shouldn't like basket case as much as I do. Nobody should. But, <laughs> but I, it's in the MoMA. Yeah, I dude. watched it a lot as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I would like to thank my oldest brother Nano for that. <laughs> thank there you. you. Um, but it it did everything I was watching. I was like, I've already seen this before. What the hell is this? And and then it would some more, and I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. And then they do something else, and I was like, that's just basket case. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's funny because we were talking about it this morning before we started recording, and T was like, even going after the doctors, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah. it really, <laughs> it wasn't until because I was like, nay, we never watched it, yeah, until we covered it, right? And once we did, it was like, holy shit, yeah. And then that doctor bit, I was like, dude, that's the fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a his lot. whole thing, yeah. Yeah, it's it. This is different. I it will is, give it that. In a lot of ways, it is different. But I mean, if you really look at it, it's you're it's the same shit. Yeah. The influence. I would say the influence is undeniable. Okay. Even though I haven't seen heavy. it being yeah. I won't say it's the same shit, but it's it's there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. And I mean, I will I will give him credit because he did talk about those weird films you find from the eighties in the back of a video store. Right. Right. Basket case is bound to be oh, for no, sure yeah. one of those films. Yeah. And now it's in the moment. And now it's in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, what I couldn't say at the beginning, which was what Ingrid Bisou was in, like, researching. Yeah. Was Edward Mordrake. Oh. And that played a huge influence on this. Okay. And if you know that story, I know they did their own weird version of it on American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the real story is actually very tragic. And it has a lot in line with this. Okay. So I see where the influence is there. Yeah. I love seeing a ton of different influences converging. Right. To become something new and interesting. So I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, I will say maybe one too many influences. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. this is about to become something very different. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this yeah. This is a turning point. Yes. But on the tape, Weaver explains that Gabriel is a rare and extreme form of a teratoma, a tumor consisting of tissues, hair, teeth, muscle, and bone. But in this case, she says that it's a parasitic twin. She says that he is not considered a conjoined twin because he's dependent on Madison's body for survival. She says like a parasite, Gabriel feeds off of her. Back in the holding cell, Scorpion is full-on antagonizing Madison, asking if she got lost on the way to the country club. Madison says that she doesn't want any trouble, but Scorpion says she doesn't give a fuck what she wants. Madison gets up to walk away, but other women surround her. On other videotapes, with the help of Field's flashcards, Weaver says (laughs) that they've determined that Gabriel has accessed portions of the brain that process visual stimuli and make Madison see what he wants her to see, which explains her hallucinations and vivid dreams. 
I don't understand how it's accessing parts of the brain when they share a brain. Yeah, I, that's a great. <laughs> also, it really felt like with the flashcards, they were just playing games at that yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> he showed a picture and she's like, Apple. And then like, like oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but you already know. They share a brain. Yes. Yeah. But back in the cell, Madison is thrown against the wall as Scorpion cracks some jokes at her expense. Madison tries to rush for the bars, but Scorpion just snags her by the hair and tosses her around the other women. Beta, played by Shantae Lynette Johnson, throws her to the ground, and she and Scorpion just start kicking Madison to sleep until blood's coming out of her mouth. It's what you might call an unnecessary escalation. I would yeah. agree. I would not fuck with Scorpion, though, because I have seen her ride on the hood of a car. Oh, she and not, even, <laughs> not give a fuck. I would not mess with that woman. <laughs> But on the videotape, Gabriel snarls as the machines in the operating room go haywire. In the cell, the lights begin to similarly flicker as Scorpion draws her hand back from the back of Madison's head, and when she sees that it's covered in blood, she stands confused. Madison stands there convulsing before dropping to her knees. On the videotape, Fields explains that Gabriel is able to trick Madison into thinking she's living her normal life, placing her in a mental prison, when in reality, he's hijacked her body and is using it for himself. That's not at all what we've been shown at all in their interactions, but Mm -mm. okay. Because they do show there's James Wan style flashbacks. Right. Yeah. And we see previous scenes of Madison carrying on normally through her household routines. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see her in the bathroom dropping a glass of water to the floor and convulsing like she's currently doing in the holding cell. This again, if Gabriel is putting her in a mental prison, why would he be showing her all the shit he's doing? A. Yeah. <laughs> B. How is she seeing him standing under the streetlight? How is he chasing her around the house and slamming doors in her face? You see that? I didn't. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. At the yeah. beginning, it's a ghost. And then now it's it's not. I think that it's it's trying to trick us at the beginning and just so they can pull off the twist now. Yeah. Trick but, us or, or themselves? Maybe, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> who are you really yeah, lying well, to? That's a great it question. Just, it feels like it's all covered under the umbrella of he can make her see whatever he wants. But that... It's like if you take that at face value, okay, yeah, he was trying to scare, whatever. Uh But if you really stop to think about it, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -mm. And also, can I point out as well, whenever she was being interrogated? Yeah. That's what I was saying is why the fuck is Gabriel like, she didn't know I was living in her attic. You're, are you using attic to me? You're here right right now. Are you seriously doing metaphors right now? Yeah. How was he? (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Also, you mean to tell me that this bitch is flopping and flying all around town and just fine the next day? Like if oh, I if oh, I yeah. if I take an extra walk, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I took a walk yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is. Well, she said Gabriel gives her strength. <laughs> From where? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> well, he controls the electricity. He drinks it. Oh, he drinks the electricity. Maybe okay. that's where the extra power is coming from. All right. They didn't explain that. I mean, he generates most of the power. <laughs> but in the holding cell madison's eyes roll back white and we watch as gabriel awkwardly contorts her limbs and we see all of the previous murders of the film carried out from new angles accentuating those contortions that's what i'm saying if he has her shit popping and cracking like this every time he's up to no good she never wakes up sore never she just feels like oh my head's bleeding again like 
I would like. How are you walking? Yeah, her <laughs> her body's not gonna handle that oh, over no. and over every night. Yeah, <laughs> it's been. <laughs> He's impatient, dude. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> but on the tape before the surgery, Weaver says once again, "It's time to cut out the cancer." <laughs> Just like say that all the time. Like, yeah. Damn, bigger <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Up and at him. <laughs> but the operation commences. Scenes we saw bits and pieces of at the beginning of the film. And Weaver says that the only way to save Madison is to excise the teratoma. But since they're conjoined at the brain, they can't remove him fully. The only choice they have, she claims, is to remove what they can and suppress the rest of him into her skull. We watch as they saw away at him, condensing Gabriel into a small pocket in the back of Madison's cranium and sealing it shut. They're like, and that goes there. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. close it up yeah, like nothing. Yeah, I was going to say ceiling. <laughs> they kind of push it in there. <laughs> what medical school did you? <laughs> For real? What what place is this? I, Where are we right now? No wonder Dr. Gregory was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Because yeah. this is some fucked up shit. Yeah. yeah. That's not, I. That's that's unbelievable. And honestly, if you're telling me that Gabriel can control her mind on a whim, yeah. why are you putting him right next to it only? Yeah. Well, they're like, we're also very lucky that she's already picked her hairstyle for life. Yeah. So it, <laughs> if she'll she always ever. be hidden. She will never part her hair. I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll be fine. Her mother told me then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's unbelievable. But back in the cell, Madison screams wildly holding the back of her head and tearing through her hair to reveal her opened skull in the emerging, growling face of Gabriel. Madison's limbs contort backwards, cracking into place as she advances on the women. Without a second thought, Gabriel tears Beta's throat out and the rest of the women cower against the bars. Scorpion goes into full self-preservation mode, throwing other women at Gabriel to save herself. Gabriel breaks limbs, smashes faces, impales torsos, squashes brains, and breaks necks, all the while wearing Madison's sleeping, disinterested face on the back of his head. Did the guards go home or? Oh, they're on yeah. break. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Got a coffee or something? Oh, they always all make that noise. It's all yeah. right. It's like, oh, yeah, Scorpion's always yeah. fucking with people. She's, like, those are blood curdling screams. Yeah. Just yeah. for Madison when she was changing. Oh, and then <laughs> no now these women are yeah. screaming for their lives and being murdered, and nobody's it's like, no, it's fine. Smoke break. Yeah. yeah. All right. But Scorpion does scream for the guards as the entire cell becomes a massacre. By the time the guards arrive, Gabriel is gouging out her eyes. The guard begins firing his gun, but Gabriel holds Scorpion up as a shield, slamming her into the guard's arm before dropping her and slamming the guard's face into the bars. The guard let her run yeah. all the way over i guess and kept his hand <laughs> on the on the inside of the bars well in his defense i would be very confused as to what i was <laughs> i would have frozen fair point <laughs> you, you you ain't never seen shit like yeah, this. yeah no shit <laughs> this was not part of the training <laughs> but gabriel promptly steals the guard's keys and drops the guard to the floor I know everybody was playing a different character in the cell, uh-huh. but I enjoyed this whole little carnage that was happening here. Like Gabriel was fucking them up. Yes. It was like, oh my God. Oh, and then you stomped on her head. Oh, you, oh, don't do that. It's like, damn, <laughs> just 
fucking them up. Just yeah, it was just autopilot. like a dance. It was. I will say, I appreciate definitely the choreography. Yeah, I just feel like in the context of the film, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? This is like a point of of no return." No. Yeah, no, yeah. We've gone off the deep end. Yeah, I will say, and this is where I'm torn. Right. Because watching the film, I feel like once we determine exactly the what Gabriel is, right, right, you've kind of lost me. Yeah. yeah. But learning all the stuff that went into this, it makes me appreciate it. Right. Yeah. They said that Marina Mazepa learned the choreography backwards. <laughs> and so she's doing this, and on the front of her face is a life cast of Annabelle Wallace. And on the back of her head is an animatronic of Gabriel. Oh. So she's doing all of this Holy without shit. being able to see anything. Nice. And she, well, there's no camera tricks. She's doing all of this. That, that wow. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you, yeah, it, it's fucking, it's nuts now. Now it's like, all right, the story, you, <laughs> you, you lost me. You know yeah. what I mean? But you watching this, like I said, it's like a dance. Yes. It's like, that's fucking cool. You know what I mean? It's one of those things like we, we said a few times that he keeps it visually interesting. Yeah. yeah. Even if the story, we, we're lost. Yeah. We're like, this still looks fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. And I can't deny that. No. <laughs> and, and I think we said that earlier. There's a lot of things that look really good in, in the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. I but, just remember watching yeah. this for the, for the first time with my jaw dropped. Yes. Yeah. And then it only continues. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's when she does like the backwards like spider looking thing. And I'm like, okay, this is just. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> this is not a giallo anymore. <laughs> this is its own yes. fucking thing. But returning back to the station, Shaw gets a call from Sydney explaining everything. Gabriel is inside of Madison. He's been there this whole time controlling Madison's body like a puppet. She says when Derek smashed her head into the wall, it woke Gabriel up. She's calling him K right now, by the way. Yeah, I was like, are yeah. we are we on nickname basis? Because I, I thought the first name was stretching it. Right. And now we're like, K, this is what's going yeah. on. Yeah. K. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, don't we see again her hitting the wall after he pushes her? I believe so. It's like, yeah. no, yeah. We, we know. We yeah, remember. We yeah, we were there. I didn't forget that. We no. were there. But Sydney says that Madison's birth mother is still alive, which Shaw knows and says that she's at Seattle Medical. Sydney says that Serena is the only person still alive who knows what's happening. Wouldn't you be like, she was the woman in the attic? Yes. He's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I, she's at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. It's like she she was there for that. Yeah. Dude. Well, it's weird. It's like nobody remembers yeah, where they were along at any with other the point. Attack. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just forget about it. But in the evidence room, Winnie catalogs Gabriel's weapons and his outfit. Red light beams in through a small window in the door, and Winnie overhears sounds of violence on the other side of the door. She cautiously steps toward it, but gasps when she hears gunshots. Shaw rushes off the phone when he hears them too, but Gabriel appears in the window, the electronic keypad overloading and exploding in his presence. But Winnie seeks cover behind some files as Gabriel, in his backwards fashion that we've grown to know and love, <laughs> <laughs> ransacks the place looking for his things. He eventually <laughs> retrieves his outfit and weapon, quickly making his exit. I was so glad that Winnie was saved. Yeah. Um, well, not saved. She was preserved. Uh, we'll assume that she was because we don't really get closure on her. Well, we get one more scene with her, but then after that, it's no nothing. closure. Yeah. 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 Um. 
it did kind of make me laugh because he was very clear that he wanted his shit back. He did. Yeah. And he was like, it's probably going to be in evidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I told these people on the phone. <laughs> but Shaw and Moss rush through the locker room, finding a trail of dead police officers. In the precinct, all the lights explode in sparks, dipping the room to full darkness. Gabriel immediately busts in, laying waste to several officers in extravagantly choreographed fashion, just like something out of the Matrix. Literally. Yeah. And and this this is cool, this whole scene that's fixing to happen. Yeah. When when did Gabriel learn how to fight like this? That's a great question. <laughs> like the moves are like it's a it's a dance. It's fluid. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. When did you have time to learn all of this? Especially compounded with the fact that we're supposed to believe he's been dormant, right? For right. like 30 oh, yeah, years. Yeah. So they claim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Madison's just been watching The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, all right, shit. One day. Yeah. One day. It's like, why do you watch UFC, Maddie? He's like, you never see. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Still like <laughs> strong urge to watch this, this fight. He's like, I don't know. Oh, a roundhouse kick. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. interesting. Very good, very good. But there's flips, limbs are severed, bodies are impaled, acrobatics, camera tricks aplenty. Shaw and Moss join the fray just in time to see several of their fellow officers butchered. Moss calls for backup, asking them to send the National Fucking Guard. So I saw the way they filmed this on a behind-the-scenes featurette. And they have a guy, you know how you have like your little suit to be replaced later yeah. mm-hmm. for a CG? There's a stuntman who is doing all of these moves and he's fucking up the security guards, the police left and right. And then later they just digitally replace him with Gabriel. <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I thought, I mean, as ridiculous, I feel like we've stepped into the absurd right and so it's just it's one of those things where it's like look either you're on board or you're not yeah we've jumped into the absurd with both feet uh, yes we've not stepped in well no. they're they're also opening fire on them i get it but your fellow officers oh yeah are two feet next to yeah, them we'll they're, just, they're yeah. trying to engage in hand-to-hand combat and you guys are just letting loose firing yes what the fuck? i mean just like that officer shot scorpion like six times oh yeah well he could have stopped the- yeah yeah like oh wait no turn around that's not you yeah i'm sorry my bad yeah it's like no let's just continue but an unnamed uncredited detective gets her shit rocked by gabriel and he grabs and breaks both of her arms until the bones jut out in a gory display Once yeah again it's his favorite he yeah. loves it <laughs> His back to Shaw, Shaw points his gun, but comes face to face with Madison. He calls her name, and we see her as she currently sees herself, sitting in the holding cell, full of her living cellmates. He did give her more eyeliner in her imagination, so I mean, thank you. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's... Appreciate it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to find excuses. I don't know why I'm making excuses. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like even when there's movies that none of us love, one of us always like, tries well, hold on, hold on. to do the benefit, you know. But the camera presses in, and as it reaches her, Madison sees that she's surrounded by murdered police officers. She hears Shaw calling her name and sees him in the cell with her, pointing the gun at her. Back in reality, Gabriel traps Shaw's arm in a chair, breaking it, but proceeds to get his ass whipped by Moss. I say his ass whipped, but it's really Madison's front. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Moss dodges the knife a few times, but gets slashed in the stomach. She then finds an errant shotgun on the ground and blasts it at Gabriel until he retreats. He fucking crab walks (laughs) (laughs) across the ground as Moss grabs Shaw and gets him to his feet. They retreat for the exit together, but Gabriel reaches his feet, snags a chair, and with the accuracy and strength of an Olympic hammer thrower, (laughs) twists and yeets that seat across the room, (laughs) hitting both detectives and knocking them down. I, at this point, I was like, oh, so this is a joke. Yeah. 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 This is just funny. I'm like, what are you, what have you presented me with? Yeah. It's, it's different now. Yeah. It's changed. I'm... I, I was honestly, when the chair hit them, I was speechless. Yeah, it, it's a lot. <laughs> I feel like we've gone through like three or four different films. Yeah. Yes. But Gabriel stands triumphant, finally exiting the police station. This motherfucker casually walks out of the front yeah. door. That well, killed did. me. Just like nothing. <laughs> but Winnie makes it out of the evidence room and up to Moss and Shaw, obviously showing way more concern for Shaw. It right. was very funny. Because she's like, Detective Moss. And she goes, oh, Kakoa! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. But she instinctively tries to call the police and realizes her mistake and calls for the paramedics instead. Shaw tells Moss that Gabriel is going for Serena. Winnie says that she'll stay with Moss and Moss tells Shaw to get to the hospital. Bitch, I'm hurt too. Yeah. It's like, like you, didn't get, you didn't get your belly slashed? Yeah, no. well, I, I didn't see that part. He's like, my fucking arm's broken. Yeah, it's like, where do I have to go? <laughs> But we see Sydney arriving at the hospital, stopped by Officer Ruben, played by Ruben Pla. She tells them to call Kakoa Shaw and that he'll explain everything. But Ruben says that he can't let her in unless Shaw is with her. But suddenly, he grabs his chest in pain. We hear mechanical noises as his pacemaker begins to burn inside his chest. She holds him, trying to help, but it's all for naught as his pacemaker explodes and all the lights go out. Gabriel did not have to do all that. Yeah. No, not really. That was rude as fuck. He could have chosen a different entrance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I do understand the electrical thing. Yes. But again, we don't understand the electrical thing. So Why? what? Yeah. Yeah. D- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what I think what bothers me more than anything is that there's not even an attempt to explain it. Yeah. They're just at the beginning. They're like, he's fucking drinking it like Gatorade, dude. And like they're worried. (laughs) (laughs) And and then we never. (laughs) Again. More like electric lights. Am I right? (laughs) Yes. Like electrolytes. No, we got it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pass out. (laughs) But as soon as the lights come back on, Gabriel is standing right in front of Sydney. He slashes her arm and she retreats into Serena's hospital room. Gabriel's energy explodes nearby appliances as he towers over Sydney, telling her that Madison chose her over him, her own flesh and blood. So Gabriel's sin is clearly envy, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> but Madison is stuck in Gabriel's mental prison, but she stands in the hospital room as well, screaming for her sister. But Gabriel raises his knife, saying that he should have killed Sydney before she was born. In bed, Serena awakens from her coma and removes her oxygen mask. Her timing's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, in all fairness, he was yelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's in a coma. Oh, I guess that's yeah. different. I'm sorry. You can yell. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, 
can you guys can keep, you guys it, keep down? it down? <laughs> I'm trying to recover. <laughs> but she asks Gabriel, Serena asks Gabriel for his forgiveness and says that she never should have given him away. She says that he was her son and she should have loved him no matter what. Gabriel begins to lower his dagger, but this is when Shaw arrives on the scene, firing several rounds into Madison. Sydney pleads for him to stop, and while he's distracted, Gabriel hurls the dagger into Shaw's shoulder, which launches him into the hall. Well, yeah, please stop, because that's still Madison's body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. It's kind of unbelievable. I didn't even think about that. They're like robocopping her, and it's yeah. like, can you please stop? <laughs> that's, still, that's still my sister, dude. <laughs> I thought you loved me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but sydney takes his gun and aims it at gabriel gabriel tells her to shoot him but sydney just asks what he did to her sister gabriel screams that madison is not her sister before launching a hospital bed at sydney crushing her legs and wedging her against the wall this is a lot yeah. because at this point, a bed has been thrown. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The electricity went out. That cop's pacemaker exploded. Shots have been fired. A lot, a lot of, a lot of screaming. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No one mm-hmm. has made a noise outside of this room. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's poked their head in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is this Haddonfield Memorial? Like, nobody, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. They're making it sweet in the hot tub. I guess. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I guess. But Gabriel steals the gun, putting it to Sydney's head. Sydney pleads with Madison to wake up, revealing to her that Gabriel was the cause of her lost pregnancies. She says Gabriel fed on them parasitically to build himself back up. I was like, God damn, Gabriel, like that's low even for you. Like that's But yeah. again, yeah. this doesn't fully I thought that Gabriel's motivation and like the reason that he wanted to kill Sydney was he wants to be her only one, her family. Yeah. yeah. So now we're building our strength back up. I don't know. This was really weird and did not make sense to me. Plus, wasn't he supposed to be dormant that whole time? He yeah. was. I don't know. It, I don't. That really threw me off. I feel like it's attempting to reconnect back to where this all started. I guess. But I feel like they shouldn't have chosen something so real and serious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in what this film has become. Yeah. Be like Madison, that's why you're so tired all the time. Yeah. Or like that's yeah. why. That's why you have bruises, or that's why, like he's feeding off of your body. That's why. That's I mean, fine. Yeah. I don't know. I. It, that's. It's just. It. Not only is like pretty fucked up but it like blurs the motivation for gabriel because that doesn't make sense with what we know about him yeah remember he was mad about them calling him cancer (laughs) 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 i i love how mad he was about that he was like oh you sons of bitches (laughs) if you think i'm gonna forget this But we see Madison standing there, still in her mental prison, but she clenches her hand into a fist. Gabriel simply says, Good night, sis, before pulling the trigger and killing Sydney. Serena cries out in horror as Gabriel approaches her. He tells her that he wanted her to see what she made him. She apologizes as he throws his hand over her mouth, smothering her until she flatlines. He says that she made him a monster. It's just now occurring to me that this big reveal, Madison was not online for this. Uh, she has no idea who that is. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. yeah, not at all. No. No. She wasn't privy to the, no. <laughs> to the employee file. Yeah. 
I'm a a little thrown because even learning that he's in her on the back of her head, she wasn't yeah. there for that either. Also true. So, oh yeah. yeah. Wait. And, so all she knows is that the same stuff that's been happening. Yes, is she's happening. being Still happening. shown yeah. murders because that's what she thought it was the whole movie. Well, I didn't think of that. I didn't either until <laughs> right this second because I'm like, wait. When all that happened and we got the reveal and everything, she was being taken over in the jail cell and her ass was asleep. Like uh-huh. we yeah. saw her face. Well, I guess with what Sydney just told her, that kind of partially. I guess, but there's a lot of gaps to fill in to realize. Oh, we're pretty busy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree. I don't, I still would be like, so this is a supernatural being attached to me or like. Right. Almost like a possession. We yeah. Still, I don't know. I well, don't you know. still think it's the devil. Yeah. Yeah. But we hear Madison's voice telling Gabriel that it wasn't Serena. He was always a monster. The walls melt away into a void of black nothingness. In Gabriel's confusion, Madison approaches him, telling him that now she can do all the mind tricks that he can. How? (laughs) How do you know that? You know what she did? Hmm. The whole time that was happening, she was, wiggle your big toe. (laughs) She's just practicing and waiting, and then it finally happened. You got it. Yeah. I was like, damn, bitch, you learned fast. fast. It's yeah, the only what? thing that makes sense. How? I don't know. And I will say, Zoe Bell was Uma Thurman's stunt double, so yeah, oh, it's hey, all. I, do, uh, I was going to say, I very greatly appreciate the Tarantino reference. Yes. I, Kill Bill's not bad. Kill Bill's great. Both of those movies are good. I am glad to hear you say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> But in reality, we see that Sydney is still alive, but she sits crushed under the hospital bed with Gabriel weakly holding the gun to her head. I'm not saying that I want Sydney to die. No. I have no problem with her character, any of that. Mm-hmm. This felt like a little bit of a cop out. I actually I actually liked it. Really? Yeah, because it's it's the whole thing of him being like, Well, this is, you know, <laughs> you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um <laughs> being tricked like she's been tricked i yeah. guess and so yeah. sydney being alive uh serena still being alive i'm here for it well good all right you're <laughs> i'm not saying i have no problem with them i don't want them dead uh-huh. it just felt like nah everything's fine yeah. like it felt i don't know but i think it does kind of lend to that because he's been making her think that the whole movie yeah so now it's her turn to turn it around on him yeah so I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but now he's like, no, what the fuck? It's her turn no, to no, make no, him see No, no, not that. Shit. I'm saying specifically About making us a- think that they he are did dead. it. Yeah. Well, because why would Gabriel have that self-restraint to pretend that he did it, but not? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. No, but she's making him think that he did it. Yeah. That's the whole illusion. Yeah, that didn't happen. He thought that was happening, but it oh, wasn't. Oh, he thought it. I thought yeah. he was tricking her into thinking no, that it no, was. No, no, no. So you're telling me he's like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. So no. I was like, no. what the fuck? Yeah, she, no. she took control. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I'll let you think that. That's not yeah. bad. Okay. Then I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why would he play about it? No, like, no. Gabriel yeah. is not about that life. He no. would have just done it. Uh, no. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. But back in the void, Gabriel says that it isn't possible and reaches for Madison, but is stopped. Madison reminds him that they share the same brain. Gabriel says that he did not ask to be tethered to her and says that he can use her body better than she can. But Madison tells him, not anymore. She says it's over and she's taking it all back. Her mind, her body, her everything. 
She says now he gets to live in the world that she created. Madison steps away, disappearing into the darkness as Gabriel vows vengeance. He tells her she'll always be stuck with him, and sooner or later, he will get out. Madison stands at the cell door, telling Gabriel that she knows, but next time, she'll be ready for malignant part (laughs) two. (laughs) Electric boogaloo. Holy shit. (laughs) But I was like, that's sequel talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the bait. But she slams the cell door as Gabriel screams against the bars and the camera pulls away. In reality, Madison awakens and we watch as the back of her skull seals itself up, trapping Gabriel physically and mentally. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> or why, but yeah, uh, yeah. okay, was, yeah. I mean, yeah. visually, yeah. Sure. Put a bandaid on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, last time we had to have him tucked up, and it yeah. was the whole surgery. Okay, yeah, there was like three doctors, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, she's gotten very strong. Yeah. she's yes. grown a lot. Well, she has the strength. <laughs> Took her body back. Exactly, I would say. But she throws off Gabriel's awesome coat for some reason. She should have kept that. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. But she goes to help her sister. She apologizes to Sydney and goes to lift the hospital bed off of her. Sydney tells her that it's too heavy, but Madison says it was always her body. If Gabriel was strong enough to do it, so is she. I didn't think this was going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be flat honest. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be real embarrassing. <laughs> I don't understand how it does. With a minor amount of effort. Yeah. yeah. Madison lifts the hospital bed off of her sister. In not very much pain somehow, Sydney holds Madison close as Serena looks on smiling. The sisters cry together as Madison tells her all her life, She's yearned for a blood connection with someone, but in the end, it was right in front of her all along. She says, blood or not, Sydney will always be her sister, and she will always love her. The fact that it took all this all for you this. to realize that. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't love her before? I that, guess that really, I guess I do love you, shit. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that really hurts my feelings. Also, <laughs> you've been like searching for a blood connection and everything. Your mom is laying there. Your biological mom is laying there in the bed. Nobody says a word. That's true. <laughs> We're not even going to make any introductions. <laughs> well, only Sydney knows, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, by the way, that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might be wondering why she was in your attic, but that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> But the music swells as the camera pulls back, panning over to an errant light that begins to buzz. We cut to black and the credits roll. So what did you guys think of Malignant? So the movie is, you know, what it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it does have good points to it or good visuals. And you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, the story is just, man, I don't understand what was going on. And the beginning, like I said, it's it's a ghost story or it seems like it or Uh like something supernatural or whatever. And then it turns into that. And then it's like the Matrix. And then it's (laughs) it's it it was a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But the but the way it looks, the the choreography, the fighting scenes, the everything that's going on like it looks good mm-hmm. the scenes following her through the house all you know what i mean all the the back and forth like it looks good but i i mean they don't follow their own rules or they don't like a lot of like again 
if she's her sister, give us a little time with them or give us something because we didn't really get much. And then the detective and the sister like eye humping each other or whatever and yeah. it's like okay and the tech cool. yeah oh yeah and then yeah the tech what is the tech yeah. you had her there it seemed like for a, a, a maybe a comic spot or kind so, of whatever yeah. but that was it and then and then then that was it the the both detectives were didn't do really anything you know <laughs> what i mean they didn't they were there to be there honestly like they were there to be there and and yeah it was Madison's body but realistically it really wasn't her. She really didn't do it. No, and the phone call should have proved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was her body but you now you know that wasn't her. Uh-huh. So I mean yeah, that's a weird position to be in but it she shouldn't have been in that jail cell. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. She shouldn't have been in the jail cell. Never. Y'all should have been watching her somewhere to see what was going on why did you leave her in there by herself yeah and nobody no guards no nobody yeah, was around nothing. no nothing it's just the choices some of the choices that they made were weird it like i said i liked it better when it was basket case <laughs> i mean it's it just it, it is it does look beautiful uh-huh. i do like a lot of the scenes you know the things that happen but the it, it's not something that I would personally probably watch. Uh-huh. If I, you know, if I had to pick, I'm not going to be like, no, throw in Malignant. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even fucking around, like, I probably won't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to even wrap up, honestly, for me, because there's a lot that I liked and there's a lot that I didn't like at all. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, does Shaw live? Oh, we don't find out. Yeah, that, that does does Moss live? Um, malignant part two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so much, and then at the end, it's just like, oh, we out. Oh, but the lights buzzing, so we'll so probably be back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is such a bizarre film. Yes, I will say that I'm glad that I have seen it and that we did kind of deep dive into it because. There's just so much to unpack. And I think getting that background about like James Wan's intentions and everything does make me appreciate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for a tonal shift. I'm all for a tonal shift. For sure. There's a film that I really, really loved that came out last year that had a dramatic tonal shift. And I loved it. I love thinking that we're here for one thing and then getting the rug pulled out. There was just something about this that did not fully land for me. I don't know. It is wild. It's hilarious in parts that (laughs) I don't know if it was supposed to be or not. I do not know. I have respect for the balls that it took to make this. Absolutely. Undisputed. Even if you hated this, this took fucking balls to make. Oh, no, yeah. And the the choreography, like you said, is incredible. Yeah. But there, I have so many issues with dropped plot points, with breaking your own rules, with story issues, shit that just flat out does not make sense. Uh huh. And then you know it doesn't make sense, but then when you stop to think about it for a second, you're like, that really doesn't make yeah. fucking sense. <laughs> like I can't even like rationalize it. Mm-hmm. It's weird, man. It's a weird watch. It is. There's a lot to love and a lot to be, I guess, disappointed by. I don't know. I kind of came at it with the same mindset in that not only is there a lot to enjoy, but there's so much of it that I just don't, I just know either isn't for me or just wasn't properly portrayed, fleshed out or something. But 
It's bonkers as all hell. Oh, yeah. Which is not a it's bad not. thing. No. It's not. It's interesting. And I think that, honestly, for a studio movie, yeah, you gotta admire the guts, like you said, for James Wan to make this film in mm-hmm. 2021. Definitely. That is, it, There, there's something very courageous about it. Yeah. He very easily, he said that he made Malignant instead of directing The Conjuring 3. That's a bold choice. It yeah. is. Because he very easily is like, oh, yeah, I've done that before. Easy. Fall right into place like riding a bike. Something that you know that you're going to be great at and something that you know is going to be loved. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I respect that for sure. So, I mean, I I definitely think he deserves some kind of some kudos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I guess that can lead us into ratings. This film is very interesting. I was going to say the easiest yeah. part. <laughs> ratings. Yeah, I this I've been kind of agonizing over this. Uh I put something on Letterbox, but I don't know how close I'm going to even go to that. Um it's a very bold film. Yeah. On the positive side, I love you got the influences of Argento, Bava, some Cronenberg. Um, obviously, um, basket case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Belial. A little bit of Belial. Um, I love the music. Yeah. The cinematography is great. Oh, yeah. The production design even. I think Annabelle Wallace does a great job. Oh, yeah. She always does. That's yeah. what's sad. I think some of the performances around her, I don't know if they're meant to be campy, but some of them really are. Yeah. Who knows? I, uh, James Wan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kayla Cooper and Ingrid Bisou. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, but I, I just think that the boldness to make this film, I do respect it a lot. And that does count a lot for me. And the technical side, the effects. Oh, yeah. That choreography. Yeah. The contortionists that played Gabriel and fucking killed it. Fuck, yeah. Like, that's some brilliant work. It is. But on the negative side, the the tone is at odds with itself. Yeah. I don't know. And not only at odds with itself, but I don't know what they want me to feel about it. (laughs) 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 Like, I don't know when I'm supposed to, you know, or if I'm like, oh, no, this is very serious. Yeah. Gabriel has massacred the Seattle police force. (laughs) You know, like, I I do not. I do not know. I don't know what you want from me. So I'm just kind of here. But I mean... Outside of that, I think like we we talked about off mic. You said at the beginning of the show, if you lean potentially more into the camp, mm-hmm. it might be more enjoyable for me because I know exactly what you want me to do. Yeah. Right. You know, um, having such serious subject matter at the start of this, it's really hard to dip into fun town. Yeah. To family planet, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It's It's very much a mixed bag. I love, love, love the people that love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand the people that it is not at all for them. Yeah. Right. I think I'm in both camps. Yes. I was going to say that's what makes it so difficult. So it's, you know, um, this is difficult to rate, but I'm just going to get out of the way, rip it off like a Band-Aid, like a dirty rag on a back of the head wound. <laughs> <laughs> but out of 10 backwards butcheries, I am going to give Malignant. And it may seem generous, but... I and I I don't know how often I'll watch this movie. I probably will pop it on at some point in the future. But out of ten backwards butcheries, I am gonna give Malignant six backwards butcheries out of ten. I will say that the the story hurts, 
And I do hope that if they do make a sequel, they do kind of elaborate on some of the things they didn't explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why does why is he eat electricity? Yeah. Why is that? Did he like equip the materia? Like I don't, I don't. Yeah, I I do not know, but it seems to be just the way he lives his life, and we're just supposed to respect it. Yeah, I'd like to know some more, please. Yeah, yeah. But I will now open the floor to you. I think that's the thing for me. Hmm. I, I do like a lot of the scenes and the way you know things are shot and they look, but again, at the same time you're i i'm just confused uh-huh because like you said there is serious subject matter here and then you like what and then this dude's again he's matrix in the police station <laughs> and it's like what is happening here you know what i mean and i i feel like if it would have leaned one way or the other mm-hmm. it would have been a different movie and it probably would have been received a little better agreed um but that's what hurts it for me. And I think you said earlier, like when you said you put it all these in a blender yeah. and mix it up, you added too much. Yes. Yeah. You added just a little too much. The blender you, was too full. Yeah. You <laughs> could have left out a few ingredients. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Or maybe halved one of them. Yes. Something. But there's just a lot going on. And I do, uh, again, you're right. That The boldness to be like, no, I'm going to do this instead bet you know what i mean cool i can respect that and i get down with that i get it yeah but the movie is it's you know what i mean it's it is what it is you know what i mean (laughs) um and you're right maybe down the line i'll watch it at some point but am i in a rush to do that nah am i gonna recommend it to somebody if they've never seen it i might tell them to check it out Mm mm-hmm but I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, fucking watch this. It's a great, you know what I mean? But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just me. Um, but with all that said, on a scale from one to ten backwards butcheries, I'm also going to give Malignant a six. Wow. Um, it's not bad, but it is bad. <laughs> so, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You're right. <laughs> but... It's bad. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of one of those things that's like you said, it's it's I can understand why people love it. I get it. Yeah. And if you don't, I get it too. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of we're there, just stuck right there. We're in the mental prison. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> exactly where we're at. No, I I could not agree more with both of y'all. I was torn between when we sat down, I was pretty sure I knew my score. And then the more that we talked about it, it went up and then I was torn again. And then when it's like, okay, we're going to go into ratings, I locked my number in because it's so divisive in my own mind. It's polarizing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe five. But then I'm like, but the good in this is too good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to rip the bandaid <laughs> off as well. Uh, one out of 10 backwards butcheries you got it i also gave it a six (laughs) all right it's it's so hard it's so difficult but i i had too much fun for me to give it a middle of the road score right but it's not good enough to me to (laughs) to give it any higher than no so it's it's really difficult well he's the devil though that's oh my god (laughs) ding 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 ding. that's hilarious Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Malignant and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, though people say that blood is thicker than water, it takes much more than that to be family. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Woo! Yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just what it is now. Special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas. Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, JD Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montavo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Nuding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Craig Kowalski, Beth, Nick Spill, Emma Hakel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higueta, William Rush, Katarina, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Wesley Wyatt, Morgan Freenomorph, Marissa E and Sydney. Thank you all so much. Yes, thank you. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that list is getting long. Hell it yeah. Is. We're so grateful <laughs> too because we are very, very close to our stretch goal on Patreon right oh, now. Oh man. Yeah. And uh we, we got big you. plans, y'all. <laughs> oh, we got yeah. big plans. But we do appreciate each and every one of you, and we want to tell you that it's an honor to know that you're always behind us. Oh, yeah, like right, he was. Yeah. yeah. In a, a better but way. Better, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope. Now, 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 It's the Pixies. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>